The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest, I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second, who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's gonna listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Stupid. Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with my dumbass. I appreciate it. I appreciate the ratings and the reviews, even though my shows have been kind of sporadic as of late. That will all be explained soon. Not today, soon, but soon. I've been working on something with recovery that I can't talk about, but taking a lot of my time. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week or month since I've last show I posted was a month ago. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Today's show uh, is pretty cool. Something different. I've never explored this side of anything or anybody on the show. Uh, I've done it a lot in private. had a lot of conversations about these kinds of things in private. But today is not music related, so be forewarned before you go any further. There is some talk of emotions, there is some sexual talk, there is some different ideas that may not align with yours. No, it's not political, no, it's not religion, and of course it's not fucking ghost sports bowl. It's none of that. But today on the show, I have my buddy Adam Seymour. Adam and I have in air quotes, worked together for the past couple months. I've gotten to know him. Very, very interesting dude. Uh, Very smart individual. Very intelligent guy. And through the course of the last two or three months, we've had some really interesting, in-depth, long conversations about a litany of things. So I really wanted to have him on the show because... Like I said a second ago, he's got such a different outlook on a lot of things. So I think this one's going to be interesting for you guys to listen to. As far as me, it was interesting and it was fun and it was enlightening to do with Adam to get some of his ideas and philosophies on uh, record, so to speak, or recording, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And as always, I learned a lot from Adam. I learned a lot from him when I when we just hang out and shoot the shit over beers. Yes, I said beers. You guys know I don't drink, but I am on this kick because I found a beer that I absolutely love. I know, it's a phase. It'll pass, I'm sure, because I'll get sick of it because I'm just not a beer drinker. But uh, that being said, I will not bore you anymore with my rambling. Uh, Just be warned, there is some sensitive issues. Not that I give a flying fuck what comes out of my mouth or anybody else's mouth, on my show, but I do know that it's a far stretch and a far departure from what I normally do on my show. Uh, I think he is only the third or fourth non-musician I've had on the show. Uh, when we're talking 
in here, I think I mentioned, I think he's my first non-musician. That's actually not true. I had my buddy Steve Owens and I had uh, my amazing wife, Stacy. So that would be two. But long story short, or long story longer, uh, this episode was fun. It was a lot of fun for me. So just if you're not into sensitive topics or somewhat deep thinking or deep thinking in general, this may not be the show for you. You can wait till I drop my next one. God knows when that will be. But there you go. So all that out of the way. One final disclaimer. Because of timing and because of our schedules, when we recorded this, it was the only day I had to do it. And uh, there is a fucking lawnmower outside. And it drove me nuts. So it comes and it goes. And apparently there's way more grass out there than I thought. But there's a lawnmower that you will hear. No, I did not edit it out. No, I do not feel bad about it because where we were in the moment and what we were talking about, I didn't want to restart anything. So you guys know how I am about my sound quality. I take it very seriously, but I didn't edit out the lawnmower. And if you don't like it, man, then fucking skip it and move on. I don't know what else to tell you. So that's it. I'm out of here. I will talk to you guys on the other side of this. Here is my conversation with the very intelligent, very deep thinking, Adam Seymour. Okay, now I get to tell everybody this downstairs. Everybody does it. Your voice goes that way. Okay. And I'm going to do something on my show that I have never done, ever. See if it works. I got one time to not fuck this up. Steven is drinking. I am, and it's partially your fault. Well, I'll, uh, you can thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> so I am sitting here with my buddy, Adam Seymour. First of all, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. You look good. I took a shower this morning, so I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Comb my hair. Why you gotta already start with the fucking hair jokes? So. Hey, just, uh, no, I'm doing good, sir. Thank you. Good, good, good. So, you and I have an odd little history. Yes, we do. Um, so, we'll start there. Our wives have known each other for, I don't know, three or four years? Something like uh, that? Two, three so. years? Yeah. Three, four years? Some shit yeah. like that? When they met each other, they didn't like each other, yeah. which was funny. Uh, and you and I have known of each other for the last three or four years, but we've never really met or hung out till about three months ago. That's correct. I... In a strange way, work for you. In a roundabout way. Yeah, and we'll leave that there. Yeah. We'll move the fuck Fair on. Enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But you and I have been talking. Um, you are an extremely intelligent man. I appreciate uh, you. I like uh, compliment. Well, it's true. I don't blow smoke up people's asses, except Stacy when I'm trying to get in her pants, but that's right. another story. Understandable. Um, <laughs> but you and I have had some cool conversations, and you started listening to my show. You didn't know I had a podcast, which I appreciate. And you said, hey, man, what if you and I did a show? And I said, you're fucking smart. Yeah. So I think you and I were talking about this before I hit record. I believe you are the first non-musician I've had on my show other than my wife. Okay. I believe. I'd have to go back and look. Everybody knows my timeline memory sucks. I can't remember shit. Um, So I figured where we would start, besides how we know each other now, and I semi-work for you in a roundabout way, you have an interesting outlook on inner peace that you've only recently developed, according to you. 
it's it's been a it's uh, let's say it's been a, a pursuit for a long time. I kind of um, found I I, I kind of hit a wall, right? Um, especially in Western thought, um, I just felt like what I wanted for myself, whatever my brain was wanting, I wasn't getting satisfied. Right. I was I was the best version of my limited self. I feel like I still haven't tapped into who I truly was, but I couldn't find a door, which I think a lot of people who are trying to better themselves run into because mm-hmm. you're constantly consuming information. Right. And after a while, you kind of uh, keep hearing the same thing over and over just in a different way. Right. Um, you know, some things happened in my life. Um, you know, my oldest daughter died three years ago. Um which and some other things and relationships kind of prompted me to, uh, I, I didn't want to suffer anymore. Right. And suffering is, of course, on a scale, but I know what my level of suffering was, and I I got tired of it. I, I and I I had to find a way out. Right. Had to. There had to be more to this life than suffering. Right. And not that my life's bad. It's never really been bad. Um, you know and. I wouldn't say that my life is was nearly as bad as what a, a lot of people are in. You know, I've always been financially decent, decently secure. I've had a decent education. I've had supported parents. Um, but through my own discoveries, I've realized that it wasn't. It really wasn't me, in a say, that was causing my uh, suffering. And I think all humans suffer on a certain level. And we're all right. I agree all, with that. All humans are looking to get away from it. So, that was a long answer to your question. That's okay. We have all day. You signed up for this, so <laughs> I can go all day, brother. <laughs> you and I have had some discussions. I know what I'm in for, and I like it. Which again is why I wanted to have you on the show. The other day, you and I were talking about. Um, I hate to say me, but it was essentially me. I had expressed. I used the word annoyance and I came back to you the next day and I said, the actual better word is frustration. Being that I'm a musician and I can't fucking play right now and it's making me cranky and bitchy and all of the other expletives that go with that. And you said something to me that I usually subscribe to, but I kind of forgot in my own little selfishness, which is why I wanted to start with your whole kind of view on bringing inner peace and stop the suffering and shit. You said, you looked at me and you said, why are you getting mad? You can't control it. I'm like, fuck, he's right. Shit. I hate it when he's right. But it was a good point because I think people in general, myself included, obviously, it's not even taking shit for granted. It's we're so used to controlling everything and controlling our lives and controlling what other people do or attempting to control what other people do and controlling this and controlling your job and controlling your career and controlling your money. I think we're so used to controlling everything that when shit's out of control, and that doesn't mean that it's bad out of control, it's just out of your control, we freak out. Do you agree with that? Yeah, certainly. Um, And, and of course, you you said a couple things. Let me uh, go back to um, what you said about getting... uh, question about you being mad uh, you know part of our humanity and when i say our humanity it, it's things that as human beings we just have right a lot of people talk about triggers you've heard this word before right uh well this person triggers me this person triggers me and so we spend a lot of time working on the triggers trying to avoid the trigger when in fact the trigger is actually automated 
It's automated from a, a precondition uh, you picked up years ago, mom, dad, whoever. Right. Um, and instead of, so we spend the majority of our time trying to fight the trigger or we cascade into whatever the trigger does, anger, sadness, guilt, shame, wherever you want to go, which is suffering. Right. So even though you're mad, and mad anger isn't necessarily a negative emotion because most people, it, it, it releases uh, chemicals in your body that actually make you feel good. Right. It empowers you versus depression or shame. So we don't necessarily see anger, but the question comes back is, can you be with things and not get upset about it? Regardless of what you're doing, can I be with a question I ask myself all the time, can I be with this? Right. And what I mean by that is can I be in this situation no matter how it's unfolding and stay at peace? I'm pretty good at it. I don't win all the time. Hang on. Go ahead. Really? You're going to fucking mow the lawn right now? Exactly. What a jackass. <laughs> I don't even think I'm editing that out. Fuck it. So, yes, kids, this, that was a lawnmower. And this is Steven being angry. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but um, so... You know, as part of the process of being a human and understanding our humanity, I think we're hard on ourselves. I grew up very hard on myself. Right. Um, and not accepting the parts of me that just happen. Right. Because I am a human. I have, I have the full range of emotions. Right. Um, and sometimes they come out, and sometimes and I, I don't control them. I, I kind of have this overriding philosophy now. Um, can I stay in harmony with what life is unfolding as it goes minute by minute? That's my ultimate goal. Can I be in harmony with life as it unfolds? Now to go back to your second question about control, control is an illusion. You would, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Of course so control is an illusion. Control is actually an adaptation to a subconscious programming that um, more than likely, if we were to really dig down deep, it would have to do something about how we feel about ourselves. Right. Um, there's something that's inadequate. We feel that's inadequate about us. And therefore, out of that inadequacy that's probably buried pretty deep that probably a lot of people wouldn't even recognize, um, that several adaptations could be OCD, it can be control, it can be uh, excessive drinking, it it could be a multitude, which none of these things are wrong, they're just human. So, in spite of that, um, you know, I think the first thing we have to do is give, give space for being human. Right. But control, um, you know, it's a funny thing. I, I've lost relationships over control. I, I, was, I grew up just had to control everything. And really, as, as I continue to look at myself, it really was all based in fear. You know, um, fear of loss, um, fear of my own inadequacies, that I needed to, you know, loss being a big one for me because I feel like, I can't prove this, I feel like my, my biological father died when I was five. Right. So that's a huge loss, and at five years old, you can't pro- you can't process that kind of information. No, and and I barely have memories of it. I have a few memories of, of his funeral, but you know, not having any grasp of what death was. But on a certain level, um, my the adaptations that I had was I needed to control uh, my world so I don't experience things suffering. However, right. that plays out. Right. You know, and. You know, we could go deeper and deeper into the ideas of control and where it comes from, but you know, I, I think ultimately, when it comes to dealing with your triggers, when it comes to dealing with you being angry, when it comes to dealing with, can I accept life the way it's unfolding before me? And right. honestly, what are you going to do about it, really? Right. Well, that's the thing that you said to me when we were sitting on the unsaid porch um, that got me thinking because I'm pretty. Most people that know me personally, I'm pretty much the same every day. Yeah. 
I don't change. I I'm not. I'm not emotional. I don't go up and down. Um, but when it's when it's something that I fucking wake up and live to do every day, and it's taken away from me, that's where I get. Ugh! And that's what I what you and I were talking about. And that's when you said that, and I went, "Fuck, he's right." No matter how much I need to do it, or think I need to do it, or want to do it, there's nothing I can do about it right now. And it got me thinking about how we, even even someone like me, for the most part, I'm I'm pretty grounded. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm intelligent. I'm not going to say I'm smart. I'm not going to say I got everything figured out. But I'm pretty fucking grounded, yeah. and I don't I really change a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because of the shit that I went through years and years ago. And I think I've talked about it on the show a little bit. But I, like you said a second ago, or a minute ago, I understand anger. I have no issue with anger. I have... I can I, see that. I am an angry yeah. motherfucker by yeah. definition. But you, if you were to just meet me, you would never be able to tell because I have it under control. I took anger management. I went through a little bit of counseling to figure it out. But I figured out how to control that anger and how to use it because, like you said, it's an emotion. It, it's You can use it for good if you want to. Part of the reason why I play my drums so hard, bitches. <laughs> um, but jokes aside, I get anger. I, it, I'm not scared of it. I'm not really scared of a whole lot of emotions. Empathy, I don't really understand. I'm not a very empathetic person. Um, sympathy, it depends who it is. But whatever. Understandable. Um, but I think that it just the coolest part of that conversation it made me take a step back and look at me look at myself and go hang on you usually got shit pretty figured out what the fuck is wrong with you and like i said it it just it frustrated me and i used the word annoyed which was the wrong word but it frustrated me that i couldn't i can't do the thing that i've been doing for 30 years and the thing that i love to do for 30 years or whatever however you want to word it what you said to me made me just kind of pump the brakes for a second which brings me to the ultimate point of that first question, what we're still talking about, is I think it's good for even the most grounded or the most successful or the most people that think they have it figured out, every now and then pump your brakes and go, what the fuck's really going on here? Yeah. Because you may not even know. The next day after you and I had that conversation, when I woke up, my thought process was completely different than I had the night before when you and I were talking. Because I thought I was pissed about one thing, and I really wasn't even pissed about one thing. It was a couple of two or three little other things that were annoying me yeah. that grounded in, I can't fucking play right now, and life sucks, boo-hoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of where it, and it started to annoy the shit out of me that I couldn't figure it out until you said that to me. Yeah. If I could reframe something for you, just to put something in your head, you, you, you made the statement is um, about being angry, or uh, and you asked you, you asked yourself, you know, what's wrong with me? Looking back on an inner reflection of yourself, because you're comparing it against your stability. Right. So I'm a stable guy. I spend majority of my time, ninety eight percent of the time, being a stable guy. But then on occasion, on, on occasion, this happens, and I, I flip out. I come out and I flip out. And, and, <laughs> from what you've shared with me, uh, that anger seems to be your your one of your your first responses when you're frustrated or oh, challenged. Yeah. So that's immediately where I go. So, but in your self reflection, if I and again, I'm just putting this out there for your own thought. There's nothing wrong. It's just you automatically went to self judgment. So self judgment was what's wrong with me, right? Okay. And when we start down that path, we're actually creating a resistance against our own humanity. 
you're allowed to be angry due to some fucking emotion every human has. Right. <laughs> but even in how you're phrasing and you're using your words, this narrative to describe yourself, I'm trying to control the anger. I went to anger management. It was out of control. It's obviously making your life more difficult. That uh, You haven't told me that, but we'll, kind of what you're saying is implying that, that you were having some major challenges with. I was the douchebag that used to punch walls. Okay. I was so, that guy. And again, <laughs> I, I, I want to... and. and you know, we can go. I, I, I'm not making this about you. I just want to you to reflect back on your choice of words. You just called yourself a douchebag. I'm arrogant. It's my show. You make it about me all you so, want. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's an underlying current with anger. The underlying current with anger is self judgment. There's a constant protection about when we look at ourselves truly. When right. We really start peeling it back. We don't like what we see. And Fair a lot enough. of times we don't like what we see, but it's it's come from places that we've been taught how to. You learned, you picked up anger somewhere as a res, first response. So, I don't know what I'm sure you have a story or right. uh, probably multiple stories, and none of that really matters at this point because um, you know it, it's where you're at today. Right. You know you can't you can't do anything about your past. Your no, past can't is, change it. What happened happened, and it happened exactly the way it should. Why? Because it happened. Yep. You know, there's nothing we can change about it. But which I've said that for years. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. You, you can't change it. it. I totally accept my past, even though I struggled with it for years. It shouldn't have been this way. Shoulda, woulda, 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 coulda. You know, whatever. Yeah. But going back and, and just reflecting on a couple of things you said, and uh, you know, I I would only encourage you to you know look at the words you're using to describe yourself. This is actually coming from a programmed response that you have. It's, it's deep seated in your subconscious that there's something wrong with you on a certain level. Right. Okay. Uh, and, and all humans experience this on some level or another. Most of us stay in it so long we never re- realize this ever happened. It becomes normal to us. Right. Well, I'm sure there's a point in your time in your life where anger was normal to you. Oh, yeah. It's just life, bro. Don't piss me off and I won't get angry. <laughs> but you're the one actually suffering because you had to go spend the money to go to anger management to, you know, whatever you had to do to work on your own anger, it right. really became an issue about yourself, right. not the other people that are pissing you off. Um, so, I would, again, going back again, you know, there's, a, there's an underlying, you know, um, self-judgment there that somewhere inside you, um, you don't like what you see. And I would only want to tell you this. Anything you see like that inside you is completely false. And I'm going to tell you why it's false. Because it's all based in a narrative. It's all a story. And what I mean by that, it's only a story that you're telling yourself because there's absolutely no proof that there's something wrong with you. None. In fact, I would go as far as to say, and some people will struggle with this, there's absolutely nothing wrong with anybody. Okay? We are who we are. We've just been taught to believe. We've been layered with all of this bullshit that there's something wrong with us, and we have to spend all these resources trying to fix this part of us that we think is broken or someone made fun of or our mom and dad told us we shouldn't have been this way or we shouldn't be this way or, or whatever and we assimilated that into how we view ourselves so you know I, I would only encourage you that when you start going down that path you start cascading into anger or whatever or there's a reflection of a person who says something or you heard something that pushes a button in you and angers your response, there's actually something going on beyond that anger. And I would dare to say there's somewhere in there that something's happening inside of you that what they're saying or doing is actually getting too close to the bone for you in some some form inside you that you don't want anybody to see because you think something's wrong with it. I'm just here to tell you there's nothing wrong with you. 
Well, I know that. No, no, no. I, 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 we know that here. If I were to say that to no, any no, no. average Joe, they would. Everyone would say there's nothing wrong with me. Right. No, I no, no. That. I get that. But that's not what we truly believe about ourselves. I'm talking deep, deep down. Man. I'm talking when you look in the mirror and you do stupid shit or you get angry or you say the wrong thing and you come back and you're like, man, I'm a fucking dick. I, I'm a terrible person. All of these things are very human. Right. And they pour out of us. I'm just telling you that there's nothing wrong with you. You take that statement however you want and let that soak in because I heard a guy tell an illustration. Where are you from? Originally? Yeah, where were you born? I was born in Syracuse, New York. Syracuse, New York. Uh, what year? <clears throat> 74. 74. So when you were born in Syracuse, uh, New York in 1974, if I uh, went to where, your birthing room and I took a knife and cut you open and found your original manufacturing label, okay, it's going to say Stephen O'Reilly, born in Syracuse, New York, 1974, and something is wrong with him. <laughs> Right. So, if I... <laughs> would you say that would be true or not? On your original manufacturing label, would it say something is wrong with Stephen no. O'Reilly? No. Okay. So, if there's if the original manufacturing label is just Stephen O'Reilly, born in Syracuse, New York, in 1974, if that's all it says, that's the truth. That part we know. All right. that's true. Right. But what's not true... Is the additional part that got put on there at some point in your life that you grew up to believe and your adaptation became anger. Right. Okay? But behind that anger, there is some sort of self-judgment going on that you still is still rolling around inside of you because you think something's wrong. There's a part of you that <coughs> is still being covered. So if you were to look again, let go back to the original manufacturing label. Stephen O'Reilly, Syracuse, New York, nineteen seventy four. That's it. Right, And I would dare to say there's nothing wrong with you on any level whatsoever that whatever it is you're looking at, it's okay. It's okay because you're fucking human. Right. I get that and I agree with you, but I also find it interesting because, and if I'm not mistaken, you've heard me say this actually to my wife. And it may be something that I just say outwardly and deep, deep down inside I don't believe it, but you've heard me say, I love me. And I don't, come, I don't come at that from a place of arrogance. Meaning, I have, as far as I can tell, as far as I can tell, I have no issues with me. Now, if I were to dig deep, obviously I could find shit. I think everybody could. But for the most part, which I also think is why day to day I don't change, I'm pretty much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm even keeled almost every day. You're very consistent. Because I don't have issues with myself. And I love me. But that's why I find it interesting because you're right. There probably is something in there that I've yet to, I guess, take a deep dive and figure it out. Because I think everybody has, I agree with you 100%, everybody has something about them they don't dig. Um, Whether it's physical, emotional, um, uh, mentally, uh, I don't handle this the correct way or I can't fucking read Chinese. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Everybody, I, I agree with you. Everybody has something, but it also depends. Some people have a lot. Most people have a lot. You're right. You're I right. know. <laughs> I see people day in and day out that have a lot. You're not one of them, but no. you're one of the few people I've met that is a very even keeled, very consistent person in your life. Well, you, you show thanks. up pretty consistently every day. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. But what I was saying is, I think as you're saying it, and as I'm thinking about it right this second, in this moment, which I'm recording, which is kind of cool. I think it's interesting 
that a lot of people I'm struggling to find the words because it's it's making sense in my head but as soon as I say it it's not going to make sense I find it interesting that there's people like me that I love me I have no issues with me and I'm not an arrogant person but there is some shit that I need to figure out about me at this point in my life does that make sense? totally That's that interests me because it's shit that I don't think about on a daily basis because it's it's habitualized it's normal right and again, I I, I'm, I don't want to stay on your anger. There's nothing wrong oh, with dude, anger. I don't I'm care. I'm just saying. I don't care. Um, it's, here's a phrase I like. Life will present you circumstances and people to show you where you're not free. Okay? Life will present circumstances and people all the time to show you that life is constantly working on your behalf. It's putting people in front of you, pissing you off. <laughs> As a human, we focus on the other person. Right. Okay. I, this person pissed me off. I don't like that person. Don't like what he said. Blah, 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 blah. But actually, life is reflected. That person you've heard that people are our mirrors, okay? right? Which right, I right. don't really like because it's such a it's a very complicated term. It's very hard to explain that concept. But you know, the reflection back onto me is: Can I be with this person who's saying what they're saying and not have any response at all, but stay in love and peace? Right. If I can't, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It life's just showing me. It's revealing to me there's a part of me that I have not reconciled with. I have not accepted. Right. Okay. And there's nothing the ego loves more than to keep reflecting back onto itself and putting itself into situations where it is there to remind you that something's wrong with you. Right. Okay. And in that is human suffering. In that, there's a lot of malaise. There's a lot of uh, self-loathing. People go into depressions. People are miserable. They're taking pills. Their anxiety's out of control. Uh, they live under huge amounts of stress, which then cascades into the, uh, their physiology, comes out. In hives, it comes out. I um, in all kinds of manifesting, especially skin conditions, eye conditions, even heart conditions. I mean, think about uh, there's a heart condition that people die of from a lot, and it's called a um, hyperactivity or heart. Um, what's it called? Um, I got nothing. It, it, I, I know people listening will automate. It's just the words slipping my mind. Uh, it's where the heart's overstressed. Um, right. And and even in the description of what's killed them. Is stress caused this heart to fail? You know, and that's exactly what that word means. The doctors just don't use that. They got a nice little cool medical term for it. <laughs> because in Western medicine, we we refuse to reconcile how powerful the brain plays upon the physical body. Right. You know, and that the fact that we live live under so much stress in our daily life. That when stress is happening, you know, it's the, you've heard the fight or flight. You yeah, know, it's the for sympathetic sure. nervous system. It's chemicals just being unloaded. Anxiety. Anxiety is a fit. There's nothing wrong with anxiety. Anxiety is a very human um, response system built into us to, to help us survive. Right. But one of the differences between us and animals, you have a cat in there. When it, that cat gets threatened, it will, for a few moments, its uh, defense mechanisms will go into play. It'll be high, chemicals will dump into its body. It'll go in defense posture. It'll attack if necessary, and then as soon as it's over, that cat will take off. It, here's what animals do, though: animals will literally shake, like they're shaking water off. They vibrate, right? And that's them releasing all that energy, and then immediately they go back to normal. It's done. It's over. Okay, humans. Are the only hold mammal hold on to that shit forever? <laughs> humans are the only mammal that can hold on to it and recreate the same process by thought. Yep. So if you get up every day and you think the same thoughts every day, what 
is the end result. You have, you're leaking adrenaline, you're leaking cortisol, your heartbeat's irregular, it's higher than it should be. You do that for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, what do you think the end result's going to be? Your heart's going to burn out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and not only that, if you can't even digest properly, when your body's under stress, the digestion starts to w- shut down to send blood and energy to other parts of the body because you're in a constant state of survival. We're not even aware this is happening. We just call it stress and anxiety because we've normalized it. We think this is normal. Right. People can't sleep. They're taking sleeping pills. They're shooting up. They need to have 17 drinks to go to bed. They need all kinds of compensations humans do to try to compensate against the levels of stress they have because they think it's normal. And they're taking pills, which again, and I'm not judging any of that because we're all trying to survive. I'm just saying there's a way out. Right. There's a way that doesn't involve any of that. If we took a moment to understand that our brains are, we're, we're, we have millions of years of DNA, our brain wants to do is survive. Number one thing is survive. Your, body, your brain will literally shut down the rest of your body to survive. It's called a coma. You know? yeah. uh, that's what it'll do. Um, you know, it, it, it'll do anything necessary to survive. And, um, but when we live in that constant state, which only comes, and here's, here's, the, here's the key, if I can ever talk to people, if they got all of this comes from thoughts, a narrative. A story. Mm-hmm. It's literally framed in words. Literally. Literally. A story that we've made up or someone's told us. And we continue to rehash the story. And then we'll go out and find evidence for it. Yep. You know, somewhere out there we'll find out. And we'll do that for years and years and years until we think, hey, there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm just I'm just this way, man. That's just how I am. I've always been this way. Right. Um, instead of realizing that. Yes, you have been that way for decades, and yeah, there's a, a shit ton of energy behind it, and yeah, you're probably going to have some physiological responses down the road that are, you're going to have to pay for it, but that's not who we should be as human beings. I think I believe as human beings, people talk about finding peace and happiness. I believe at our essence, we have peace and freedom. I, I, I truly believe that 100%. Right. It's all, all the peace and freedom you need is inside you. We've just layered so much bullshit on top of it. That we're out here in these circumstances trying to find the perfect circumstance, the perfect relationship, the perfect job, someone that does the perfect boss, you know, the <laughs> someone who doesn't piss us off or stress <laughs> us out because we're constantly looking out there thinking that if I just got the right circumstance, my life would be better. Right. Instead of everything's the way it should be. Everything's perfect the way it is. I, Stephen, I believe, I totally believe this, that life is always working on my behalf. I do. No matter how shitty the circumstances, and I may not like it, I may not agree with it, I may not want to stay in it, right? but I still believe that life is always working on my behalf. Well, I think, I think to add to that, and you, again, because you and I have had some great conversations, obviously away from the microphone, I think to add to that, you've heard me say this, most people, not all, most people do it to themselves. They, no, I would I would take not most everybody. <laughs> I would say most because you sitting in front of me are one person that does not dump unneeded stress on yourself. I certainly don't seek it out. I do not dump unneeded stress on yes. myself. That's why I say most because there's got to be more than the two of us. I mean, we're not that fucking special. I mean, I'm pretty special because. Well, you know, yeah. you and I, I, I to <laughs> me, we're blessed, and we're blessed in the sense that somehow our lives unfolded in such a way that. You know, it's a Houdini game, man. It really is that. Right. You know, we 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 grow up. We're born. 
we grow up in a prison, and the prison is a mental structure that someone gave us, and then we built all kinds of walls around it and, and, and strengthened it. And uh, and then, the, so the, really the game becomes who can get out of it the fastest. Right. And really, it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with us. We are just presented circumstances that force us into a position to be like, hey, I need to make some changes. I, I, I don't consider myself an overly smart person. I just, I'm just like... I was desperate to find and understand and be able to metabolize into my stream of consciousness and my thought processes how to live in the peace that I already possess instead of looking for it, instead of making sure everybody's acting right and this person's not doing shit they shouldn't be doing. Again, a judgment on the audacity that I believe I can actually control another human being or, <laughs> you know, and they're upsetting me instead of realizing, man, everything's working on my behalf. I already have that peace. I already have that freedom. And, um, but so again, I think you and I are blessed in that sense that we can come together. You know, uh, you and I have walked this earth for a few decades. Right. Um, and we've learned, obviously learned a few things and we've had, we've been kicked in the balls a lot, been punched in the face. We've lost some, you know, people we love. Yep. That, you know, life is aligned for you and I in such a way that we were paying attention maybe at certain parts of our life and we picked up on some stuff. Like, man, I like this better than I like. I like being this person better than I like being that person. Right, right. And I think, um, I'm not 100% sure you and I have ever talked about this, but in a lot of the, in a lot of the local musicians' minds, I have a reputation for being an asshole or a dickhead. Or so I've been told by a few hundred people. And it doesn't bother me. I don't care. But I, I find it interesting, and I literally just had this conversation with my buddy Sean yesterday. Um, I find it interesting that the reason people think I'm an asshole or I'm a dickhead is because I don't sugarcoat what comes out of my mouth to save somebody's feelings. I'm not mean. I'm not rude. I, I'm not overly aggressive unless I get pissed off, which does happen. Um, but for the most part, I'm like the same every fucking day. Yeah. But I think when it comes to doing business, because most of the bands I've been in in the past few years uh, since I left Tarkbus, I've done all the business. I've yeah. run everything. Yeah. So when it comes to business, I'm a little short and I'm a little... Um, stern is not the right word, but I'm a little more direct and to the point. And I think a lot of it is because I don't feel the need to waste time talking about your mom and them because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's not rude. I don't give a fuck. I don't know those people. I'm never going to see them. Yeah. How's the weather? Walk outside. You'll figure it the fuck out. Yeah. That kind of shit annoys me. And I think that's why people think I'm an asshole or I'm a dickhead. And that's fine. I have zero issue with it. Right. I, I own what I am. But I find it interesting that somewhere along the way, I figured out that that was the best direction for me. And I've actually had more success on that side of things versus trying to sugarcoat everything and trying to please everybody is where the ultimate point where I was going with that. Cause I think when you, not you specifically, I think people who try to either a control other people or B please everybody, they always get fucked in the end. You know, I, I, I've had this conversation with other people in, in some context of this form that when you, when you have, when you put boundaries down, most people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis, as Americans, we traditionally try to be overly nice to people. Right. And then when we run into somebody who's not overly nice or they're more direct or they have stronger boundaries or they're, uh, you know, they're 
somewhat what we might call stern in their delivery. Right. Are, are we, we have one descriptive noun, and she's like, you're mean. Yeah. Or you're an asshole. Yeah. You know, um, instead of... Hi, Adam, if we met. Well, and, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I've had this conversation with Leslie because, you know, uh, luckily you don't struggle with a lot of self-esteem issues where a lot of people that have self-esteem issues are constantly trying to please people. Right. So that's the world we live in. You know, I would say majority of people today are trying to not rock the boat. Right. Um, and so I would agree with that. If you struggle with a narrative that's false that says there's something wrong with me, therefore I need everybody to like me, therefore I need to make sure that every interaction I have, that everyone's left in peace, and we're all smoking the peace pipe, don't want anybody <laughs> upset or mad at me, don't want any of that. Um they get caught. They're constantly compromising themselves, and you're not doing that. So I understand what you're saying. I right. think in business, it's very needed. Oh, yeah. You have to be direct because it's, it can be pretty cutthroat sometimes. But in a personal, personal relationships, you know, you can choose when you want to have more tact or diplomacy, and I know you do. Oh, yeah, um, I, I do. Know, I've seen you. It's funny because I, before I met you, that, that was how you were described to me. <laughs> you, were, you were a dick. You were not, you were not a friendly person. Um but I've had that. <laughs> I've had so some hard because you never told things. me that. I don't know that I've been called. I've called a dick. People think I'm unfriendly. Uh, people think I'm not a warm person. Uh, people think I have a what I think people call today a resting bitch face. And I'm like, it's just my face, man. I, I was born I was with born it. with this. A resting I, I didn't dick do face. anything. I, <laughs> I didn't carve it out. I didn't stand in the mirror and, and hone my muscles for years to look this way. But people say I'm unapproachable. I've heard that all my life. Oh, like, I get that too. You're so unapproachable. I'm like, well, you haven't even approached me yet. So how do you know? Yeah. Why don't you just take a chance? You know, roll the dice, man. See what happens. I think I'm a pretty friendly guy. Yeah. You know, I don't participate in a lot of the day-to-day, uh, for lack of better words, and not being judgmental of bullshit that people talk about constantly, but... What I know, refer to as small talk. I don't do a lot of small talk. Yeah, you know? I don't like it. Um, I, I'm pretty burnt out on small talk. I, I, there's not much about uh, J-Lo or Kim Kardashian <laughs> or Kanye or <laughs> Donald Trump that I... I haven't heard. Do I need to know? You know, talk to me about you know something that makes us better people, or you know, and I'm in. I'm in like sin, but I, I just don't. I, I don't. Honestly, I don't care. I don't. I don't even watch television. So right, I barely you didn't have read talked the about news. That. Yeah, you didn't have talked about um, you know, that. I don't. I don't. I, I. It was a value judgment of mine because I. Everything's so negative and it's so confrontational. And I, I know you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. You know. It's the it's so polarized that all we do we're, we're trying to make the other person wrong right constantly yep and we're putting a shit ton of energy behind it. I'm in that place in my life where I don't want to make people wrong, you know, because it's really not I making people wrong is a judgment on what they believe and who they are, which you know, a whole another rabbit hole we could go down. You know, there's just. To have the audacity to judge someone for a decision they made or where they're at in their life is really ludicrous because it really goes against physics. And the physics part of it is that if you had the exact same life and you had the exact same experiences and you were brought up the exact same way they have in that moment of time, you would make the exact same decision they made. Right. You know? I could see that. I agree with that. You, you, would, you would have no other choice. You know, the only reason you're judging them is because you have a different option and you think your option's better, which is probably not. 
But in your head, True. it is because we all think we're perfect sentient beings that, you know, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with us. And, and But in the fact of the matter is that, you know, we, we spend a lot of time making people wrong. I don't like making people wrong anymore. You know, when someone told me you were mean, you were a dickhead and, and whatnot, you know, I, I, I heard that. I said it on the shelf. All I could do is interact with you and figure it out. I would not use that to describe you. Right. Um, I think those are people who don't take the time to get to know you. Not that you're the easiest guy in the world to get to know. Um, but um, I think you and I have similar energies. I think we connected, you know, fairly quickly. We right. We spend time together, um, and we kind of f- go with the flow. We kind of know we can talk to each other without talking. Sometimes, how about that? Uh, we it, which that, we have is that done. a fair description. Absolutely. Well, I think it's there's something you said a second ago when you um, then I want to get back to the I don't care thing. But I think as far as me personally being. Uh, People not taking the time to get to know me. I do admittedly, admittedly keep new people at an arm's length. And I think, and it's probably wrong on my part. Now, before I go any further, the arm doesn't stay out long. Once I, it doesn't take me long to figure it out. But I keep people at arm's length because I'm so, I'm looking for, all right, where's the knife just in case I need to know where, when it's coming. Yeah. And it's, I would consider that a defense mechanism. No secret, I've been fucked over a lot in my past. I don't live in the past. However, I'm not walking around blindly going, <laughs> hey, you're nice, come here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just in case. Um, so I, I I do admit to that one. I am a little, at first, I'm a little standoffish. That being said, and this is not a defense, this just popped into my head also, I'm also constantly getting bombarded by people because of what I do. Yeah. People yeah, recognize me. Hey, man, you're do 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 from yeah. the do 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 And I'm going, all right, what do you want? Right. It immediately just slams up in front of my face. What do you want? I, you want something. Yeah. And they could the want could be as small as a conversation. Right. It's not necessarily... Which can be taxing sometimes if you're not in the mood for a conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey man, my brother's sisters, cousins, uncles, niece on his mama's side plays drums. You ought to hear him. No, I really shouldn't. Um, What I was going to say about the I don't care is I have said this as long as I can remember. um, And it took me a long time to drill it into my wife's head and not in a mean way. There is positively, and you can feel free to disagree with me, but I don't think you're going to. There's positively nothing wrong with saying, I don't care about a particular thing that somebody's talking about. To this person or just... To this person, okay. as, long yeah. as, you, as long as you're not, dude, I don't give a fuck, shut up. As yeah. long as you're not an ass about it or you're coming off like a, a rude piece of shit, I don't think there's anything wrong. Stacy and I have had conversations. She'll start to tell me something and I'll go, woman, I don't care. Yeah. At first... That was not a good thing to say to her because she didn't understand it. I can see why. You got right. to know, know your audience. Yes, you got to know your audience. And it took me a couple of years to explain to her what. Now, fast forward almost 12 years later, now she does it to me. I'll start to tell her something. She'll go, honey, I don't really care. And I do not get offended. I'm like, sweet. Now I don't have to fucking waste 10 minutes explaining this shit. I don't think you're wrong. because Well, one, I hate the word right and wrong. I hate the word good and bad. Well, you know what I, I mean. I take those out of vocabulary. So. However, I, actually, I actually did use the word agree. There's choices and consequences. <laughs> so I would say, again, it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, you know, know your audience. It depends audience. on the relationship. Right. You know, if I didn't know you and I didn't care if I ever saw you again and you, you and I would never interact again, you know, I'd be like, dude, I don't care. 
You right. know. However, if you and I have a relationship, um, and I, on some level, want to keep that relationship conducive, pro whatever it is we're doing together. Right. Um, you know, there are times I will... I like how you did that. That was good. <laughs> there, there are times when I will sit a little bit longer um, and um, and listen. Right. Uh, only out of... Um, i, I got to think how to say this properly uh, without being misconstrued. Because a lot of people use this word, they think it really has a negative connotation. A lot of people say it's manipulation, which I don't think manipulation. I think we manipulation is part of the way we interact with people. We're right. constantly everybody manipulate on certain levels, but I don't think it's a negative thing. It's just been sold in a negative light. So if you and I are working on a business and you know we're talking a little bit, and you're telling me something about your personal life that I personally don't really care about, right? But I sit with it for a few minutes, let you get it out. You walk away thinking I cared about our business will probably do a little bit better. Oh, I agree with that. So 100%. in a way, that's what I mean by it. it's, it's a form of yeah, manipulation. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. I just I think what what I mean by telling somebody you don't care is okay. I think that going back to the people pleasing thing or always trying to make other people happy, yeah. people are afraid to say. Please don't waste 10 minutes of my time on this fucking story. I don't want to yeah. hear it. Well, They're afraid yeah. to say that to whoever it is. But keep in mind, it's, it's because you don't struggle with things other people struggle with. Yeah. So you don't really have those self-esteem issues. You're not constantly looking for approval. Or those, validation. Validation. These things might seem like foreign. I don't know that you ever have. Um, these things may seem oh, like, of course I did years ago. Yeah, These yeah. things may seem like foreign concepts, and you're like, why? And going back, you said earlier in our conversation you struggle with empathy. You know, so if we can kind of bring that back in, uh, I I didn't grow up being. This is where Adam corrects me. <laughs> I didn't grow up being an empathetic person. I had to learn it. Right. Okay. Um, I had to watch um, and and try to understand it. So I can, you know, for me, empathy is putting myself in somebody else's shoes and trying to understand what they're going through in that moment in time with the experience based on where I think they're at. Right. I probably wouldn't have the same response because I'm in a different place, not because I'm better. You know, it's just I, I perhaps emotionally, I don't struggle with those things. Right. I'm like you. I don't struggle with a lot of needed validation. I don't need you to tell me I did a good job. I, I, I mean, I like being liked. It's cool. I like being told I did a good job if I did a good job, but I don't find it a necessary driving force in my life. Right. However, a lot of people do. Uh, and I know Fair people point. close in my circle that need that from me. And so, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> so, because it's obvious we're being so cryptic and we're going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep fucking laughing about it. So, you know, there's people within our circle where, you know, I, I do it out of love. I do it out of concern and care. And, right. Um, that I try to understand that there's, and if I can help them move out into of that area, get further and further away from the need of validation. But that can never be reconciled. Until they reconcile why they need the validation, right? So you know we keep we keep you know cascading down into deeper things. So I do have compassion for people like that. Uh, there's a guy you and I know. We won't say his name, but he really struggles uh, with um, uh, validation, and it's to such an such a level that it makes him ineffective at what he does. Agreed. So agreed. Um, and he and I know he really struggles with it. And I've talked to him about it a few times. Um, and until 
he can get past that, it's always going to. It's obviously already has affected his whole life. But what he's trying to do, uh, it's never going to. It will never be manifest because right. For for lack of better words, he can't get out of his own way. Right. Uh, because of personal things, there is a level of compassion I have for him. However, uh, because of our relationship, I have to uh, um, do things in different ways that I can't. I can acknowledge it. I can use it when I'm conversing with that person, but you know, I still have to go my own way. I can't, I can't coddle people forever. I'll help right. you. Right. I'm here mm-hmm. all day to help people. I won't coddle you. Um, so I don't do needy. I have I, a, I have a problem with needy. Needy's coddling to me. You're not wanting help. Right. We're past help. Right, right, right. Now you just want un- unwarranted attention. Well, that's why I went straight to the word needy. <laughs> because if you coddle after so long, you're doing the coddling, then it becomes needy. This I don't is, do This needy. is why Steve, everybody thinks Steve's a dick. He just cuts right through the mustard, man. <laughs> I'm over here trying to be diplomatic and choose my words while he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> But you know, this, I, I'm an energy guy. I, I'm I, I really learned to hone in on energy. Uh, I feel like you and I have a like energy. We do, uh, and I'm very receptive uh, uh, to you as a person. Uh, I'm attracted to people that have a certain type of energy, and, and it's not only verbally. I can pick it up through the phone. I can pick it up through the way they write, uh, certain words they use. Right. It just kind of conveys to me where they're at in their inner space. Um, so, you know, I'm very like, I would describe it. I'm very peculiar about where I invest my time. Right. Based on that person's energy. Oh, I get that. Because you're, if you have similar energy or an energy I'm attracted to, and it can be male or female, you have something to give me in life. And I don't mean that in a usury way. I just mean in a sense of, you know, obviously there's something vibrating about you that I like. And I kind of want to get in on some of that juice, man, and find out what it is about you. And you right. have that. Um, I don't know if it's your well, Shanks. I don't know if it's your persona, if it's, if it's your your music background, or wherever you've picked it up from. But it's you, my you, rugged good looks. Or it could be your rugged good looks, or, <laughs> or whatever. But um, <laughs> you're laughing you like, way too hard over. You that. like the way my head shines in the light. <laughs> As you can see, humility is not not something Steve struggles with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a energy guy, so I don't like wasting my time. I, again, I'll show up for you if right. you need me. Right. And needing is not just like, hey, I need some help. Okay, here's some help. Here's my advice. And then I see you do it. I'll show up a second time. For sure. Okay. But the first time after that, if you blew me off, and it's not that I don't have compassion, fucking, I just have better things to do in my life. Fucking. Beat I it. can't save the world. And I'm not going to. Right. I, I've said this on my show. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I said it on my show with her on it. I do not need Stacy in my no. life. I want Stacy. Well, my I think life. that's a very healthy way of looking at a relationship. I, I don't need her. Yeah. And vice versa. She does not need yeah. me. She wants me. Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason why our life works. Uh, I don't remember what you said five minutes ago that made me think of this. Um, probably when you well, were talking you about li- empathy. Thank you for listening. <laughs> that's it. Show's over. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, no, I, there was something you said, one sentence you said that made me think of this. And I just can't remember what the sentence was specifically or specifically as your wife says. Um, but you were talking about empathy, the way you look at people or the way you try to help people or watching the way people react to shit. One of the things I used to teach my students, you can take 10 drummers, give them 
10 drum kits that are identical, 10 pairs of sticks that are identical, 10 pieces of sheet music that is identical, and you sit them all down, you're going to get 10 different fucking interpretations of that shit. Yeah. Because nobody thinks the same. And I, I think somewhere last 20 years of my life, I started to kind of pull that out of music and I started pulling it out of people going, it's okay to think different than fucker A, B, and C. Yeah, definitely. But I still, and the reason where I'm going with this, is I, I still have yet to put my finger on empathy. That makes sense? Yeah. It's weird for me because I get walking in somebody else's shoes. I've played covers. I've done originals. I've done everything. I've learned other people's shit. So I get the whole walking in somebody's shoes for however long, a minute, 10 miles, doesn't matter. It's right. irrelevant. I get the concept of it. I understand it, but I don't fully get it, get it. I, I just, and you, you can expound if you want. I, I just, say I, I find that interesting. Until it becomes a necessity in your life, and it may not ever. You know, it may not be something that you find necessary, and that's okay. Right. You know, it doesn't, everybody doesn't have to be empathetic. You know, I find it for me because of what I'm interested in doing in my life. Right. That it makes the more empathetic um, I am towards people, the more vulnerable people will open to me. And the more open they are to me, the more I feel like I can talk to them. Um, and hopefully do it in a relatively short amount of time. So, <laughs> but See, that's interesting, though, because when you start talking to me too much about your personal shit especially if we don't know each other you and I different story we've spent even though it's only been three months we've known of each other for a long time but we've been working very closely together last three months so we've spent ample amount of time together but in a relatively short time of getting to know you again I make a joke about it but I mean it I I, I don't want to know about your mom and them don't tell me what your mama used to do to you because I don't give a fuck because Nine times out of ten, in my personal experience, when that story or those stories come up, then the the immediate expectation from that person is, help me. Yeah, there's probably a, some validation being put out there. They're wanting something. And, and right. Again. And, and the help could be small or big. Yeah. It's not. I'm Definitely. using it as a blanket statement. Yeah. But I've come across that so much that I think that's part of the reason why Everybody blames it on me being from New York, and that's a great joke, and it's awesome, and I love it. But I think that's part of the reason why I am the way I am with with the shortness. Now, Stacy or you or even Leslie at this point because we're kind of close too, and some of my really close friends, those motherfuckers could talk to me for hours, and I would never tell them to yeah, shut yeah. up. I have no issue with it. But I think there's something about I get the vulnerability that I understand, and I understand shedding your skin and going this is what it is that makes complete sense to me but I'm always leery or no leery is a good word I'm leery when people do it too soon you know what I mean yeah that shit it doesn't freak me out but it bothers me what are you looking for that's why I go back to the defense mechanism where's the knife something's coming you're either going to want something from me, you're going to want help from me, or you want me to try to solve your problems. Yeah. And it, I don't, I'm not pointing at me. I mean, people do this to other people every fucking day. All the time. Yeah. yeah. That shit, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't explore empathy more. Because when you come to me with a sob story, I'm just, all right, 
don't do that shit again. <laughs> and that's, that's perfectly okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that idea that, you know, it doesn't serve you at this point in your life. And right. you obviously have it where you need it. And if you don't enjoy, which a lot of people don't enjoy, you know, um, you know, uh, I used to be a pastor. You knew this, yes, um, years ago. Uh, we were, we were, I was going to get to that, but so you brought it up. <laughs> I've, it's kind of always been a part of my life, wanting to try to help people, right, in some form or fashion, right. Um, you know, uh, whether it's financially or, or you know, through some kind of other support mechanisms. But um, you know, so for me, it's kind of I, I don't. I probably the only person I've ever used this term with is Leslie. To me, it's kind of a life calling. It's my purpose. Right. I didn't. I didn't get what I know just for me. I, it just can't be. It just can't be. No, that makes sense. You know, and, I, and I'm not a higher purpose guy. I'm not. I, I'm not one that you know uh, subscribes to a metaphysical being. But um, you know, I, I I just feel you know, it's it, whether it's a podcast and you know, if one person hears something I said and it changes their life. You know, then they're going to change the next person after them, and to me, it becomes generational. So, I feel that empathy was something I was missing in the past. Where right. uh, it's it's kind of it's balanced me out. How about that? No, that, I, I get that, and not that you're imbalanced. I'm, I'm not no, implying no, no, no. that. No, 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 no. I know that me. it was it was what I needed to do, what I wanted to do with my life, um, to really be able to listen to people, because even here. Um, you know, a lot of times when people are having conversations, we're always somewhere else. You know, I'm here with you. Right. I, I'm in the now. I'm present with you. I'm listening to the words you're saying. Um, and I'm listening also with some empathy, too, because, you know, as you as you choose words to describe certain things, you're also describing the way you see the world. Right. You know, so it helps me understand, um, you know, who you are more as a person. Um, you know, and not only that, the vastness of who you are as a human being, because you have, you know, a total different life that I've never had. Right. I know shit dog about music. <laughs> Other than how to push the power on a radio or put my CD in or turn my iTunes on. But, um, you, know you know how to buy I, some earbuds, motherfucker. Uh, you know, Leslie's brother is a, a musician. He's a drummer also and been in music. So I'm always fascinated by that skill set. Right. Drums for me has always been fascinating because it's a total body movement. Yeah. Versus, and I'm not saying guitarists aren't just, I'm not saying that at all. I hope nobody takes it away. But to me, when you're moving all four, all four limbs in opposite directions, uh, to me, that's pretty impressive. So, and plus you have a very unique personality and so does Sean. Sean, you, you both you guys have a very unique personality, the way you dress, the way you show up in the world, the way you speak. Right. Um, Sean's and, a cool dude. And it's your passion. You can tell you are driven by the this thing, like I want to help people. You have inside, you have songs inside you, man. Oh yeah. You have music inside you. You gotta, you gotta get it out. And I would assume you would say it's your life purpose. Oh, absolutely. That you were born to play music. I was yeah. put on this earth for one thing. And then, and then you're like, well, how in the world could I have all this talent and not do something with it? Right. You know, that's how I feel, but in a different context. All right, I wasn't gonna go there, but you just well, said let's it. Go there. So yeah, let's let's do it. Wherever we're going, let's go. <laughs> I might have to have another beer. Okay, so very fast disclaimer. Most of you know I do all my shows with a cup of coffee or twelve. Um, I'm going to plug this beer, and I don't give a fuck. You did you order this or did Leslie order it first? I think she did. I, didn't I, she? I had nothing to do with that. Okay, so 
back to being cryptic, um, this beer showed up at this particular place where Adam and I know each other from. And it's it's from Sun King Brewery, and it's called Sun King Brewery, easy for me to say. Orange Vanilla Sunlight. Sunlight Orange Vanilla Cream Ale. You fuckers know I don't like beer. Um, I've gotten drunk on these twice, and I'm about to have another one. Um, what I was going to say that you just said made me think about something is my view of the world, and I was born to, to do this, and I was put on this earth to play music. There is a part of me that is super cynical and super jaded. And it's the one part that I kind of avoid because so much of... Now, granted, success is a relative term. Um, but so much of the what's considered the fame and fortune and all that bullshit is right place, right time. Yeah. Everybody knows this. It's no fucking secret. Obviously, with the state of music, not... I'm not talking COVID either, kids. Obviously, with the state of music and the state of the music industry, it's different now than it ever has been. Obviously, COVID makes a huge difference. Nobody can even fucking play. That's not what I mean. I just mean the industry in in general with streaming and YouTube and blah, blah, barf. Um, Where I get a little cynical and a little jaded, and I think that's where some of my edge does come from, and this is going to be very arrogant, and my listeners have heard me say this a million times. I don't know if you've ever heard me say it. I get annoyed and frustrated and pissed, all three, when I watch bands or I watch drummers specifically and I go, that motherfucker couldn't carry my stick back. What what the fuck did I do wrong? And that's where it's not even about me, something being wrong with me. It's what did I do wrong in the journey? And that's a whole nother fucking thing that I deal with. And I'm good at it as far as not taking it personal. I get it. Wrong place, wrong time, yada, yada, yada. So I don't really crucify myself over it. I don't really beat myself up over it. It is what it is. I've accepted where I am in life and I'm good with it. But once in a while, it'll it'll rear its fucking head. I'm going, God damn it. You know what I mean? I, I... Are, are you are you asking me for feedback on your thoughts? Are you wanting me to? Uh... I'm not asking you for anything. Okay, I, I, perfect. You, you, you said <laughs> you you <laughs> fuck you, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Um, you had said that that my view of the world. Sometimes my view of the world is cynical and jaded because of that. Is is the point that I was getting to? I don't need validation. If you want to give me feedback, I'm not, feel free. I, I, I would not give you validation on this at all. Uh, feel not, feel free to, but the, I know what it is, and I've accepted it, and I'm okay with it. Is what I'm getting. Say at. everything that happened happened exactly the way it should have. Absolutely, you're in the right spot in your life right now, and it's really whether you whether you believe it or not. And I'm not I'm not looking for an answer for you. I'm I 100 percent believe it. Well, if you believe that, then you, you wouldn't have a problem with what's going on that you've been left out. It's a smidge of jealousy. You still wouldn't have the problem if you 100 percent believed it. You wouldn't have a little bit of jealousy. Can I ninety percent believe it and have ten percent jealousy? I'm not, <laughs> sir, you believe whatever you like. I'm just I'm just putting that out there that, you know, we're Here, talking hold about, the titty. We were talking about peace and freedom, you know. <laughs> I'm actually not rubbing Steven's titty. He did not put it in my hand. Um but no, there's I about saying, seven of you that will literally get that man, joke. I've been there, bro. I've been there. I, I don't feel I've 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 struggled uh th- 
throughout my life, I'm not doing what I, I used to, I'm not doing what I should be doing. Right. Okay. That was kind of the basis of it all. And therefore, since I'm not, what happened, blah, 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 blah. Because it's not my, what I'm doing to meet my financial needs is not what I want to be doing. Right. But that's why I said a second ago, yeah. success is irrelevant because it depends on how you define it. It's the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, am I successful? You yeah. bet your fucking sweet ass cheeks yeah. I am. Am I where I used to think I was going to be no. at this age? No. Me and either. and that's where the, the, the smidge of jealousy and cynicism comes from. I would say I had a shift about six months ago. Uh, I, I don't remember why. And it's just for me personally. Right. Um, I told you earlier that I believe life is always working on our behalf. So I... I I'm a realist, so reality is I'm where I'm at right now. I'm it, a doesn't, it doesn't too. matter what I think should should be or where I could have been or I, oh I shouldn't have made that decision 25 years ago, whatever. I'm exactly where I should be, and that life is is going to open opportunities. So this is about six months ago. Life is working on my behalf. I'm going to see doors open up. Um, I am moving at the speed of life, and I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. Since I I'm not connecting the two. I'm not making any correlation. No, no, no. You're good. I'm not. I don't believe in the metaphysical. If there is one, I'll find it someday. I guess if I die or something. (laughs) But since I adopted and totally just reframed that small piece of belief about myself Mm -hmm. and about the story I was telling myself, my life has been different. Right. I mean, it's. I've noticed things. And Leslie and I have had this conversation uh, a few times that, you know, things coming into my life, people coming into my life, um, things happening that I really didn't have anything to do with. It just kind of showed up. Um, would they have happened had I not? I, I don't know. You know, I can't say one way or another. Right. But when I fully, and I have, I fully have embraced the idea that I'm exactly where I should be, doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, living my life the way that life is showing up. <clears throat> I'm reacting to life. I may not where I want to be. I have goals. I have aspirations. Right. But where I am today can and again going back to that phrase I used earlier. Can I be at peace with it? Can right. I be with this right. and not have any um, you know reaction to it other than a full acceptance and love of what life is giving me? Because there's no other option. Life's not giving me another option today. This is the option right now. I'm sitting in front of you. Yeah, which is a hot, which is a hot chick, but I got stuck with you. So life didn't give life didn't give me another option. It gave me you, and I'm okay with that. And then, but hey, at least I fucking we, showered today. Uh, yeah, we joked about. I mean, we were joking about it, but yeah, I'm totally. You know, I'm 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 totally grounded in the fact I'm exactly where I should be, doing exactly what I should be doing. Tomorrow, life will present me new opportunities. They may be micro. They may be on a macro level. I don't know. They may right. they may change my life. I may have five things of ice cubes in my drink, or I may have five hundred extra dollars in my bank account. I don't know how life's going to show up. Right. But what, however it shows up, it's going to be the right thing for me. Until I still have this dream, I still have this ideal idealized version of what I would like to be doing in my head. Right. <laughs> Just like you do in, in your music business. I totally understand the frustration. There's times I struggle with it. But when I do, because it causes me unrest, and I want to stay in a place of peace and love and harmony, my goal is 100% of the time. Right. No matter what's going on, 
I remind myself I'm exactly where I should be. My life, everything that's happened in my past happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. So I, I could be at this point right here. May not be my perfect spot, may not be exactly what I'm wanting because I have other aspirations, which thank God that you and I are in positions where we can actually have dreams. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've totally embraced. And to me, all I did was reframe a story that I was telling myself. That hey, I fell short, and um, you know when I was a when I was a pastor, I made I made some decisions that affected my future in that. Right. For a while, I struggled with you know, and not only affected my future, it affected my my relationship with my parents. Um, I mean, the whole thing was like a nuclear bomb that went off because of decisions I made. Um, you know, and I struggled with that for a while. That had I not done that, you know, I might be closer to my parents. I might right. have a relationship. Shoulda, coulda, maybe. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. I spend all this energy like re- rehearsing a past that's already happened that I can't do jack shit about. It's already happened. So now I'm in this point that hey, it happened. Happened exactly the way it's supposed to happen because it did happen. I fully embrace that. I'm a. I, I accept the way life is showing up. Life is constantly working on my behalf. Tomorrow I'm gonna be exactly where I need to be doing exactly what I need to be doing. Until life gives me what I want. But if you want to know where you're at in the true state of happiness and peace in your life, if I were to tell you today, Stephen, that you could never play drums again in your life, never. How would that sit with you? And I'm not asking for an answer. I'm asking to put... Because I've answered that question. Because I want to do something so bad. And I know there's a possibility at my age at this point that it might not happen. <clears throat> right. Okay. I, I got it. I have to accept. Because, again, I, I try. I have an intimate relationship with reality. I try to stay focused and grounded instead of living in a magical world of what, what I should be doing. Right. And, you know, so I've had to ask myself, what if it never happens? What if that never is realized by me and can I be okay with that today can I be okay with the fact that it was not going to happen and I can be I can be at peace with that and still accept life because to me I'm still putting energy because the dream I have for myself is only limited by the knowledge that I currently have in today's world right because a year from now life's going to be totally different oh for sure so I may have something new and be like fuck dude I'm glad I didn't fucking do that I needed to be over here you might be like, dude, I want to be on a big concert, and then something may come up. Some guy may ask you to do something. You're like, you know what? I don't miss playing these concerts because I'm making more money doing this. Right. So I, I does that understand where I'm going with that? It, it does, and and you can. I, I shouldn't say you. I can break this down in a hundred different ways because it goes back to, at least in my world and in my head, how you define success. Could I be okay with not achieving the goals that I've always had for myself and live at peace? Yes. Could I be happy with never playing drums again? No. Because I can play on many different levels and I can make many different levels of income. I've had months, and I've talked about it on the show, so it's it's not a big secret. I've had months where I've made 10 grand a month from behind my drum kit. And I've had 10 months where I've made a $100 $100 a month from behind my drum kit. Yeah. I've, speaking drums only, not been in both working worlds. or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, speaking drums only, music only. I've been in both worlds. Both worlds make me equally happy mentally. Yeah. One is just better for the bank account. Could I go the rest of my life and never play drums? No. Could I be okay with knowing that there is no way in fucking hell I'll ever reach my original goals and dreams? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
because I'm in the second half of my life. I'm 45. Yeah. I'm okay with never being Joe Blow fuck rock star on a tour bus and all that shit. I've got to do it. I've been on tour buses. I've I've done the the I've recorded I don't know, fucking 75, 80 songs, however many records that is cuz some were full records, some were demos. I've done all that shit. Yeah. I've I've been very fortunate. I've busted my ass and I'm very good at what I do. And I've done it. I've toured. I've played in front of 15,000 people, 11,000 people. I think my biggest crowd is around 13 is the actual number. I have to go look it up. Don't quote me on that, assholes, because I know how you fuckers are. Um, And I've played in front of two people, the bartender and the doorman, everything in between. I've been very fortunate. And I can continue to do that until I fucking kick the dirt or kick the bucket and take the eternal dirt nap. Yeah. And I, I would be fine with that. I'm all right with it. But being all right with never, ever playing again, fuck that. Unplug me and charge your phone. (laughs) I'm sure sure your life will, you'll find, you're on the path you should be. Yeah, and and even, even, and we're going to say this and then we're going to take a break because we're going to talk about something else. Yes, kids, we're going to take a break because I'm actually going to go get another fucking beer and I'm going to pee. Even with no gigs, I still sit behind my drums at least once a week. Have been this entire COVID. Actually, the first COVID, I was behind my drums about four times a week because I was going to the band room a lot. But it's far from where I live. Um, but yeah, I'm still I'm still playing at least once a week. And look to your right, you'll see my practice pad right there. Yeah. I'm always smacking that shit when I'm at home, and then I have to drive to the to the band room to play my drums. But point is, it's a very long winded way to say, am I okay with not reaching my original goals and dreams? Yeah, I'm alright with that. Myrat was not playing. No, kill me. I, I, I can't a lot do that of shit. On that, so. Yeah, I can't. No, I cannot not play. Yeah. When your wife looks at you and says, "Motherfucker, you need to go play drums." Yeah. There's some truth there. No. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. All right. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can do it again. You did it. I did it twice. <laughs> Look at me. Okay, so we really did take a break because I had to pee. And apparently I had to get another bear. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, now I sound like every other fucking dude. I need to get another bear. I had to get a bear. At, so, at least it's not a Bud Light. <laughs> you're right, you're right. So, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is, and I, I don't even know if this is the correct word, so you'll correct me if I'm wrong because you're way smarter than me, is your lifestyle choice <laughs> what exactly are you referring to I like how you giggled that was good <laughs> <laughs> alright go ahead I just made Adam giggle um, what are you really wanting to ask me Stephen oh, I'm not wanting to ask you anything I'm not 100% sure what to call it because you're not I mean I guess in a way you are but you're not want to clarify what you're asking you're not a full blown swinger but yeah. you have those kinds of philosophies that's why I said lifestyle choice because okay. it, you're not a hundred percent a full blown swinger. Okay, you see what I mean? Yes. That's why I I, did, I wasn't uh, what's the word? I wasn't skirting around it. I just don't know exactly what to call it because you're not a full blown swinger. Well, I of course live in a world of labels, which I shun at every turn and opportunity that I can because I uh, hate them. I do too. But um, I like to call myself intelligent tattooed white trash. Well, we have to use labels to help people <laughs> context what we're talking about. 
Um, so you're referring to my relationship with Leslie. Yes. Um, which we've been together now going on 14 years. Um, we have... Which, by the way, kids, just so you know, Adam brought this up to me off mic, so I'm not probing and trying to throw him under the bus. Yes. Um, um, so I'm trying to think of a way to um, describe. Well, ask me a question. What, do you, what are you wanting to know? I, I You, you kind of introduced it and you kind of made a statement. You didn't really ask me. What are you asking me? Because it's a huge subject. You are correct. Um, all right, we'll narrow it down so we don't. So it's not so vague and blanket terms. You have talked to me about you have had dates with other women. That's correct. And Leslie has had dates with other men. Correct. How? I guess the actual real question I want to know, which you and I, have, again, we've talked about it a little bit a little off bit. of yeah. Mike, yeah. but not in depth. How did that come to be, or was it always there from the get-go? No, it wasn't. Um, I guess Leslie's always been more open-minded than I have. I grew up religious. Right. I grew up in the church. I was a pastor for, for a few years. Um, um, so, you know, it's always kind of been part of our conversation, not necessarily acted upon, but it's something we've talked about. Right. Um, the struggle was me. Right coming along, uh, being a very insecure man. Um, and, and again, not in a negative way, but not, you know, I, I don't want to call just because you're in a monogamous relationship that means you're insecure. It, it, talking about me. Right. Okay. It was something I wanted to. I couldn't find a footing for it because of my own feelings of inadequacy, the own stories I was telling myself in relation to loss, love. Because as far as I'm concerned, Leslie... Is, is the first human being that I can, outside of my children, that I can say I've actually experienced love. Right. So to me, the value of this is huge. Right. You know, this one, I wanted to have it once in my life, especially as I understand love today. So, you know, but Leslie, I've learned a lot from Leslie, uh, but it really came down to my own addressing my own fears and insecurities about who I was. Uh, you made a comment earlier that I totally agreed with. You said you don't need Stacy in your life. You choose to have and you want Stacy in your life. Right. I actually think that's a very healthy perspective on relationships. I was. It wasn't until a few years ago where I felt like I was getting to a place where I didn't need Leslie in my life. Right. I was wanting Leslie in my life. Right. Um, I think everybody should be that way. So, I, I mean, this this is a real rabbit hole discussion, but, um, you know, ultimately right now, uh, yes, I, um, we're not crazy about it. I've, in 14 years, I've been out with um, three women. Right. Leslie's been out with, seriously went out with two guys. Right. Um, so, right. for us... I think one thing we we had to acknowledge for us is that it's normal to have sexual attraction toward other people. Right. For me, my love, the emotion of love, the emotion of feeling cared for, uh, all of that's been met in my relationship with Leslie. I right. feel totally fulfilled. I'm not looking to replace anybody. I will never leave Leslie. Um, you know, she tells me she'll never leave me, which is awesome, and I believe her. Um, but I have no desire to find another life partner we are partners through and through right we've been through a lot of shit together she's not going anywhere i'm not going anywhere but what i have learned about myself is that there are other human beings in this world that offer a totally different perspective of life 
uh, just like meeting you, you know, you have a perspective of life that I don't have. I find you to be an interesting human being, so therefore I would quantify our relationship as as a friendship because I don't have a lot of friends. Right. So if you and I are friends, are you going to be my only friend? I'll even, be your friend. Even though you're fulfilling <laughs> this desire I have for friendship? Right. No, I can have three or four friends because you're all different types of friend. The distinction where people run into problem is not... The friendship part of it. I have female friends. Right. Uh, it's when uh, emotions or physical intimacy gets introduced into the dynamic. Right. Which makes sense. And it's because it really comes back to each individual person. is how we process that information. For a long time, personally, I felt like I would have never admitted this until I did my own. Leslie was my quote-unquote wife. She was my – she belonged to me. Um, you know, having another man touch her could cause her to maybe leave me. She might love him, and therefore she loves him. You can't love two people at once. Right. This whole dialogue, which I came to understand, was based on my feelings of an inadequacy. That I wasn't lovable. That I had to control this person. I had to protect this relationship at all costs and keep her close to me. Once I reconciled all that with myself... One thing I've definitely learned is I can appreciate people more, and I can actually have relationships with women uh, that aren't sexually based. Right. Um, I can appreciate who they are, who they are. There are women I'm sexually attracted to that I don't want to have a friendship with uh, because I don't find their personalities to be something that I appreciate. And I'm not trying to reduce them down as a sexual object. I'm not going to have sex with them. I'm just acknowledging how I feel. Right. And from a biological standpoint, I think we're all driven to have desires. I'm not judging people who say I never have a desire. That's fine. Uh, it's not for everybody. It's, I will tell you this. It's not an easy road. Right. Especially unless you're just born with that, which I think Leslie kind of was. She doesn't seem to have any hang-ups about you know, um, a loss of love, loss of intimacy. She knows we're committed. Uh, to her, it's fun. And she can have a friendship with somebody. She can go out to dinner. Um, and I've learned to appreciate what other people can do for her. Right. Um, you know, she talks to a gentleman right now, totally different personality than me, totally different guy than me, uh, much shorter than I am. <laughs> fun of all the time. But it's he. They're great. I I know their friend. He's he's my friend. I talk to him. I have his phone number. I called him. In fact, I we were making fun of Leslie, and I called him last night to tell him a joke about Leslie getting pissed off at me. <laughs> um, and I appreciate that I have that relationship with him. But he does something for her that I. I, it's not that I can't do, but it's just not part of my personality. He's a funny guy. He's really social. He's uh, super um, uh, creative. He's into like photo. Um, he makes. He's a videographer. Right. Um, and they just have a great relationship, and she loves talking to him. And I'm a bit more slow in the process because I have such high requirements for what I enjoy. Right. Um, I there's a couple people i'm interested in um for two different reasons but um i I don't know if i'm answering your question or what you're looking for i'm not looking for anything that's as we have talked and if you as you have listened to some of my shows one of the things you know about me and my listeners know at this point i don't plan out shit there's no point in that because then it's not a fucking conversation i'm not looking for anything you had brought it up to me that you had said that you would like to talk to it about it a little bit, and you and I haven't talked about it. Of course, the 
side note of the running joke is this goddamn lawnmower is that Stacy will always ask or she'll always walk up to you or Leslie and go, but I have so many questions. I have all the questions. People which, find our life very interesting. Right. Which I don't have that many questions, which I'm sure you've gathered because I'm a little more open-minded than Stacy. Yeah. No kids. Doesn't mean I want to go have a bunch of girlfriends. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not looking for anything in particular other than how did it come to be? How did it come to be? Was it more, <clears throat> like you said, she was more open-minded from the get-go and you weren't. So that was the original question. We started a conversation. Right. It was a conversation that we probably talked about for a year, off and on. Right. Um, I openly admitted to her that I, um, I've i always been a, a highly sexual guy, which I think most men are, I guess. I, I don't know. I've never really asked a lot of men. Um, but me personally... Um, you know, I I don't have a problem with masturbation. I think masturbation's healthy. I you know I partake now and then, and I hope everybody else does too to keep sanity and happiness. And I just did it. I was so fast yeah, you didn't even go. See That's it. what we actually did on a break. So, <laughs> so but uh, and then we got online, and as you know, the internet can give you access to anything. We found out there were oh there are other people who think like this, and there are right. other people. So we started researching. Went to a couple gatherings, went to some clubs, um, and honestly, we never did anything. We just went. We right. Just went. But what I did find out that I really enjoyed about the dynamic of swingers is the social aspect of it because they're such an open-minded group of people for the most part. Because once sex is already on the table, you can talk about anything. You know? It's a good point. And generally, swingers have seen you naked before they've ever met you because of the way the online process works. So it's like I think huh. a lot of the background for like swinger sites is your advertising. It's like Facebook. Right. You have a profile. You have pictures. If you whatever kind of whatever your taste is. Right. Um, so generally, if you've already seen these people and you try to, you might do some text messaging. Not. I'm sure it's not any different than dating today. You know, you see somebody send text messages, and right. maybe without the nudity. I don't know. I hear that's popular today too. Um, but <laughs> hey, girl, um, you want a dick pic? Exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> but um, and then we just kind of traveled that road. But she was always like, she was the great thing about Leslie. She was she stayed at my pace. Right. And she's always been super. Uh, I have, I've, you know, if I have questions, I talk to her. I tell her my struggles. I tell her where I'm at. Um, I say, you know, I, I'm, I've, I, I have adopted saying, look, I'm not going to tell you no, okay? I will only tell you how I feel about it. Right. Now, me telling you how I feel about it, and these are things Leslie and I have had to work on, because Leslie's in Leslie's world, when someone feels a certain way about something, her immediate response was stop. Right. Don't do it. So you don't upset them. Right. Where I'm like, look, just because I feel so, I'm allowed to have my emotions. You right. have to give me that right. You know, you can't stop me from being jealous, being upset. I won't stay that way. I just need to sit with this and figure out. It's worked for me. Um, you know, I occasionally I get a little aggravated here and there, but I my the way my brain is wired now, when something comes up in my head that I feel my emotions starting to arise in a certain context, I'm immediately aware of it and I'm on top of it. I'm like, okay, Adam, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? Right. It's not what she's doing that's bothering me. It's what you're interpreting it as, and you're reflecting it back on yourself. So she's talking to a guy, and all of a sudden I get, oh, I'm jealous. Why am I jealous? Well, it ultimately comes back to things I know about myself. Right. So it's just been a journey to where where I wouldn't say that we – 
the easiest way to categorize our relationship is most people would say, I guess we're open. Right. I don't think I wouldn't necessarily categorize as we're fully open. Um, you know, we just kind of take it day by day. There's nothing, we don't really like plan it. Not out like looking and hunting to no, 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 I get that. meet people. It's just occasionally I come across an interesting human being that just happens to be a female. Right. Um, and if there's, an, if there's a sexual attraction to it, um, then, you know, we might explore that. If not, then I have a new friend. Right. I, I find it in this, um, you and I have never talked about, you have with Stacy because <laughs> the running joke, again, is she has all the questions. I'm, I don't want to say way more open-minded than Stacy, but I'm pretty open-minded. I'm much more open-minded than her. I will say that. Um, Part of it is because I've seen so much fucking shit in my life. Yeah. Part of it is because I've done so much fucking shit in my life. And because I re- equate everything back to music, I've seen a lot of shit on the road. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I have also met um, full-blown swingers. I've met um, people that were open. I've met people like you and Leslie that are not fully open, but you're open. Um and the one thing that I have found they most of them have in common, i.e. like you. Yes, kids, China decided that right now was a good time to eat. And I'm not going to stop because this is important. Thanks, asshole. Fucking prick. <laughs> Everybody knows both cats at this point, especially Sebastian. He's been on the show. He talks a lot. Um, the one thing that I found that most of them have in common, and hear me out before you yeah, shit on this. Certainly. Is kind of the same thing that a lot of gay people have in common. They're not judging a motherfucker. No. They do not have time for judgment. Part of it is because they've had enough judgment cast on themselves. But the other part is because they're so open-minded to everything. There's no judgment about shit. And no, I'm not editing out Lamar either. Fuck all of you. Just deal with it. I can't control whatever his name is out there. That part to me... Sex aside, intimacy aside, physical attraction aside, the mental part of not judging anybody for any reason, that is what attracts me to it. Now, that's not to say that I'm going to go seek all that shit out, blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that that is one of the things that I, I have noticed over the years of all the people I've known. You and Leslie are the same way. You're not judgy at all. And I love that. Um... I've gone through my share of judginess because of this or that or now I'm bald and covered in tattoos or I don't have a big house or I play music, whatever the case may be. And I'm guilty of judging other people. Yeah. The last five, five, seven years, somewhere's in there, I've gotten really good about not judging anybody. I mean, if you show up and you fucking stink and you haven't had a shower in five days, we're going to have a conversation. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Bro. Soap and water ain't that expensive. It's just etiquette. Yeah, come on. Not judgment. Take a fucking shower. <laughs> After the third time, it's judgment, damn right. it. Uh, but no, seriously, it, I think that that's what has attracted me to those kinds of people and why I've hung out with them yeah. over the years off and on. Um, and the only reason I'm not friends with any of them anymore is because I don't live in the same town anymore. Yeah. So it's not like we uh, had a falling out or somebody did something. And it has nothing to do with that. But I find it interesting when you have someone like Stacy, and I, you guys know I'm not throwing Stacy under the bus, but Stacy has a hard time wrapping her head around it. 
Now, here is the actual question for you, sir, because I'm sure you've had to deal with this before. I have my own answer to the question that I'm not going to answer yet. Do you think Stacy has a hard time wrapping her head around it because it confuses her or because she's closed-minded? And this is not I'm not saying past judgment on Stacy. No. You may have a completely different opinion. I know why. Oh, let me rephrase that. I have an answer of why I think she has so many questions, but I want to know what your Well, answer is. in all fairness, there's no way I can I don't know what goes on inside Stacy's head. Stacy so. doesn't know what goes on inside Stacy's <laughs> so head. So it's hard to make a, a, a decision. Um, I just mean in terms based of based on well, let's <laughs> just couple as an aggregate. Yeah, swingers and open people are generally less judgmental people. Absolutely, I've seen all types of people, and it, I remember one time I was somewhere and I saw this. She had to be eighty year old lady. She's walking around naked, and I was. It made my heart so happy. I was like, dude, eighty. She just doesn't care. And good she don't her, give a fuck. She has a place where she can express herself. And I've been to gay bars. I've been to cross dressing. I've been to all kinds of events that I've seen. And I'm like, I'm awesome that they they have a place where they can express who they are. Saying that. On a micro level, oh, there's wars going on inside there. It doesn't, uh, and there's a lot of critiquing going on within the context. It's like I used to be in the military. Anybody outside the Marine Corps, there are, you know, you can't say anything about the Marine Corps. And the Marine Corps, you talk shit about Marines all day. So it's kind of the same context. Fair okay? point. Fair point. Um, uh, musicians are the same way. But as a whole, yes, they're a very open-minded group of people. They're very laid back. It's very refreshing to be able to uh, interact with people who just don't, really care about that um as far as addressing your question you know it's 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 an individual journey for each person uh there could be i had i had a lot of questions but i eventually realized those questions were all coming from a place inside of me that it didn't really matter what you told me because i knew the right answer i knew overall was okay right i really didn't have a judgment about the action itself, I, uh, to me, I, I didn't have a right. I don't have a moral sense about it. Um, you know, I, I don't deal with religious influence. I had that in my life. I cast all that off that a lot of people have to deal with. They have right. to reconcile that with themselves. They have to reconcile the fact their parents might find out. I mean, there's just a lot. Their jobs might find I mean, there's a lot of movement going on there. Right. Because there's so much shame built around this subject. Um, as far as the individual, you know, I think it's those questions are stemming from a place of, of unrest inside you. <laughs> I can't speak for her. There's probably a part of her that is highly interested in it. But there's probably also, knowing what I know a little bit about Stacey, there's probably a counteraction going on in there, I think, that's a little self-judging on herself or maybe feeling a certain way. And right. I don't know the extent of conversations you all have had about it. Maybe she's doesn't want to bring it up she's afraid you'll get mad or you know whatever I, it's a, it's extremely complex and only the dynamic of two people i can answer you this if it enhances your relationship right and it's something you both enjoy and you both can use it as a growth tool because you will grow from it if, if you have an insecurity it will come out <laughs> i promise you if you have an in, hidden insecurity somewhere you're gonna find this it. lifestyle will find it <laughs> and you will have to deal with it, or it'll 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 either stop it, or it'll it'll damage your relationship. Right. Um, and so, if it's fun, if it's enhancing, uh, it, it you know it, it won't fix anything. It, I would never. I've heard people. Well, what if we become swingers? We'll make our life better because right. our relationship. It's like saying, "Hey, let's have a kid. It'll make our marriage better." Then that shit. You know, works. it's the same principle, and it's, it's ridiculous. No. So that's kind of where we felt like it's definitely enhanced our life. It's made our life uh, uh, a lot better. 
Um, the cat's taking a shit while we're uh, we're uh, talking here. Yeah, so, he is. Anyway, so you guys are used to you it. Know, no judgment though, cat. You do you, bro. <laughs> um, this, this is an open this is open air area. Technically, we are kind of in his bathroom. Right, this is true. <laughs> or his bathroom's in our room. Whatever. So yeah, I, I you know it's got to be a conversation between two people and. Go ahead. I was gonna. No, add, no, no. I, I, I just ultimately that's where it comes down to. If you and your partner, I've I've talked to people like I want this so bad in my life. My partner does it, doesn't that me and my partner are gonna have a decision about whether our relationship's right for each other? I mean, there's people who've had those conversations. Like I want this, you can't do it, so let's go our separate ways. I'm I want I want to find somebody. Right. And but you don't know that till ten years later, so it's kind of a shitty deal sometimes. Sure. But. Thankfully, uh, our relationship has always been, we've always been kind of growth oriented. It's always been, uh, our life is not static. You know, it's very mobile. It changes, it shifts. Uh, we're always up for uh, challenges. Um, so it's kind of just fit in with the whole paradigm of our life. No, that, that makes sense because the, the reason I asked you the question I did about Stacy is because I'm sure you get fuck piles of people once they find out. Or once they figure it out, whatever yeah. word you want to use, they have <clears throat> all the questions. Uh, well, usually it's judgment. People have idea. They 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 decide what our life looks like, right? Before they even ask us, right? Which I, I principally I understand that yeah. statement a million percent. I'm sure there's stereotypes about drummers too. You've had to deal with oh musicians, drummers. Yeah, we're all yeah. drug addicts and fucking spazoids. Exactly. Blah blah blah. Same same deal. Yeah yeah. Um, so that's why I said on the principal level, I get it. But the the reason I asked your opinion of Stacy because you get so many questions is years ago, maybe we had been together a year or two. I'll go with two years. We got in this deep, deep, deep discussion, and this is public knowledge. So it's not like I'm throwing her under the bus on my show, because I would never do that. Um, we got into a very deep discussion about the ability to separate sex and love. Yeah. And I have that ability. Yeah. I've always had it. Um, and most people immediately cast a judgment. Well, you're just a fucking slut. There was a minute I was. I freely admit it. Yeah. I have no problem doing that. I was a touring musician. Of course I was a slut. Come on, kids. Um, but on the on the emotional, real side, I believe that you can separate the two. And I think that someone like Stacy, who's very grounded in the Southern morals, mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily a religious thing with her. It's more of a Southern morals thing. It's not, it could be societal, yeah. Yeah. She's, it, it's very hard for her to separate the two. Um, Which is not unusual. No, it's not. So I find it... Okay, I'm going to kind of throw her under the bus. It amuses me when she says she has all the questions because it's... We've sort of talked about this. Not in the sense of bringing people in, yeah, yeah. but in the sense of can you go out and quote-unquote bang somebody and not feel bad about it? With permission? Yeah, yeah. I can. Right. Me... Personally, yeah. yes. Am I going to? No. Am I going to cheat on my wife? No. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. It's the it's the ability to do something with no emotion attached to it. I think that's where she struggles. So the answer that I said I knew already is I think she's more confused than anything. She's confused in, about how that would work morally she's confused well, look at it this way two things one is she's confused with how it worked based on the information she currently has 
Right. So if I were dealing with someone who's in the process of trying to understand, truly wants to understand it. Right. That confusion is just an indicator that what the information they have is not, not, it's enough. not satisfying the part of her brain that keeps telling her there's something wrong. Right. Okay. Which will have to be reconciled. With some other new information, somehow, some way, which to me now, because the way knowledge is stacked in our brains, everything's based on other things. So she may have a moral issue, but now you have. To, so now we're not even talking about having an open relationship. Now you're talking about morals, right? You know, where does she get the morals from? Well, grandma. Okay. So or God. You know, it just depends. So right. now we're dealing with God and grandma. So it's stacked. So Would that be God, as, as a person, you know, I'm used to dealing with as I talk to people. The way they say and give me information tells me how their knowledge is stacked. Right. So I know where I need to go to help loosen them a little bit. Right. To get on the, I can't get them there, but I can help certainly remove some of the obstacles by getting them thinking in a different direction. Right. So that's that's a problem. That's a challenge. Um, and I actually forgot my second point, but. Um, <laughs> Um, well, I was trying to think what you were telling me. She has that. And, you know, well, the questions are a good thing because it means she's inquisitive. Oh, absolutely. You know, I guess you got to figure out a way. And, again, I'm not saying you haven't. Um, you know, it's how I used to frustrate the hell out of me because I'm like, damn it, Leslie, I wish I would just, you could just download your brain into mine. Right. You know, like, it's, it's, we're talking about unfair. It's just fucking unfair, man. <laughs> now, here I am busting my ass over here trying to be okay with it, and you're just like, you know, floating around like a butterfly. saying, yeah, you know, love and happiness and, you know, sex and beauty and dinglings and vaginas and, you know, more the merrier. And I'm like, I'm over here, like, trying to sleep at night. And like, you know, how can I do this? And so... I totally get it, but it look it literally it was a commit. I was I was committed. I was committed to it, but I right. was committed to making sure that any problem I had with it didn't, wasn't residing, not in how I believed about it because I'm not going to question anybody's belief about it, whether it's right or wrong. I, I'm not into that discussion with people. Right, but I'm more into I want to make sure that any hesitancy I have isn't coming from an inadequacy or belief about myself and about a false belief I have about love. Right. That, like you said earlier, love and sex. I grew up, you have sex with people you love, but then Leslie made a great statement to me like 10 years ago. She goes, have you ever had sex and not loved somebody? And I'm like, well, yeah, all the time. She goes, okay, conversation's over. Pretty much. And I'm like, sort of thinking, I'm like, well, she's right. But some reason, because my brain is interpret this is back in the day, my brain's interpreting it as danger. Right. That this is a dangerous thing. You know, Danger Will Robinson is going into survival mode, giving me all these reasons. Oh, love and sex. You can't, if she loves you, she wouldn't want to have sex with other people and vice versa. And I'm like, like you, I'm in my head, well, I can have sex with people I don't love. Yeah. That makes rational sense to me all day long. But you, that doesn't make sense to you. You can't. Now, your sister can. I don't care if she does it. I don't care if Susie down the street does it. Yeah, she. But you, no. Sex and love, that's all that matters. So we, it, I was unequally applying. Irrational really, logic. Really rational logic. It took me a minute to notice it. And because I value our relationship so much, my brain was literally feeding me thoughts to try to protect it. It wasn't wrong. It was just natural. Right. You know, nothing wrong with me. My brain was just like, danger, danger. You're going to lose this woman, you know. You have sex with people. It means they love you. They'll leave you. And you know what happens if she leaves you? You'll be right back where you started. And, you know, you'll be miserable. You know, this whole cascading of scenarios and narratives that I, I reconciled with. 
which is generally most people's problem that I've had. I haven't discussed this with a lot of people, but just through comments I hear. I'm sorry to mean to spit all over you. Just through comments I hear and things. Shanks, forgive me the COVID. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, um, the black it all, It's all based in fear. It's fear, which can come out as confusion because they're trying to reconcile how they fear. And this goes back to this great gift you have, empathy. You know, understanding where, you know, she's... Co- Fuck off. They're coming from in a sense of that confusion just because you don't have it. There's a lot of things I'm not confused about that a lot of people are. And unless I really understand where they're trying to come from in, a, in their mental space, right. it's hard to uh, make a pathway for them. Right. Instead of, and not that you artists, but no, no, I'm no. used to the judgment. Oh, y'all are pieces of shit. Or, right. you know, you all don't love you. You can't, you can't commit to one person. Absolutely, I can. I've committed 100% to one person for the rest of my life. Right. She will never go anywhere. Or you'll kill her. Or, 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 which is now, we use that as a, a, a way of telling we love each other. I love you so much, I'll kill you if you try to leave me. She's yeah. like, me too. I'll kill you. Like, yeah. Oh, how I, sweet. <laughs> I, I tell, oh, let's die together. Um, he, here's another point to it, which is my biggest reason of wanting... You had said you want to talk about it. But one of my biggest reasons about wanting to talk about it on the show with you is I, other than drumming motherfuckers I can play better than I am not a jealous person I have zero jealousy in my body and I have talked about this on the show very briefly but I will not I refuse fuck off never gonna happen give myself an ulcer worrying about what another human being is going to do I look for it and I protect myself against it Obviously, I've talked about arm's length, new people, all that kind of shit. But when it comes to a relationship with a woman, because that's what I'm into is women, um, I'm not going to give myself an ulcer. I'm not jealous. If some shit's going to go down, it don't make a fuck what I do, what I say, what I think. Some shit's going to go down. Yeah. The reason I wanted to talk to you about it on the show, even though you had brought it up to me before, is... I think the open-mindedness of it, I'm not saying that everybody should try it or or you should go have partners and all that shit. That's not what I'm saying here. But my opinion, I think the open-mindedness of it could cure a lot of people's jealousy issues. Well, yeah, if they took the time to understand it. it understand it and explore why it can work. You don't even have to fucking ever act on it. No. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying kids. I'm right for everybody. Yeah. Again, kids, I'm not saying I want to go bang a bunch of bitches and Stacy should go suck a bunch of dick. That's not what I'm getting at here. I think the mental side of it could cure a lot of people's problems. I heard something yesterday that I found very interesting. Um, most of my listeners, you do not know this about me, but most of my listeners know I'm a huge fan of Corey Taylor. Not just because he sings for Slipknot and Stone Sour. I've read all of his books. I listen to most of his Whenever he does an interview, I listen to it. He really needs to do a podcast. Corey, I know you're never going to hear this, but fucking do a podcast. Um, He did a a speaking tour. I've watched almost all of them. Super fucking intelligent dude. People don't realize how smart he is. Oh, it's a jackass. It screams for Slipknot. No, he's actually really fucking smart. Yeah. So all that aside, that was for your benefit, not my listeners. He said something yesterday. He was on some podcast. I'm not going to plug it because I don't remember the name of it. But he was talking about relationships and how he 
he just got married two months before quarantine happened. And he said it was interesting to him that he was so thankful that he had that time to be quarantined with his new wife. And him and his new wife were literally laughing and crying out of sadness. Laughing, obviously, but crying out of sadness. For people they were watching break up because of quarantine because they realized once they were stuck together, they didn't fucking like each other. Yeah. And he said that he started researching it and he, this is the ultimate point. He found it interesting that the majority of older couples, meaning 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, that have been together for 100 million fucking years, he said the majority of the reason he has found in his research that they have stayed together so long is because they weren't up each other's ass technology-wise all day. Yeah. You weren't checking on each other on Facebook. You weren't texting each other. You weren't Skyping each other. You weren't FaceTiming. You weren't... I already said texting. You weren't calling each other. None of that shit. You genuinely, easy for me to say, wanted to see that person when you got home at night. But the ultimate point was you both still had your separate lives. And I found that kind of interesting because... I'm not old by any stretch, but I'm 45. But I've been that way as long as I can remember. I want to have a separate life. You've heard me say this to Stacy in yeah. front of your face. Go away. Yeah. And vice versa, she said it to me. Dude, I, you're blinking too loud. Get the fuck away from me. I think that's healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think people get too wrapped up in the other person. Well, again, there's a lot of moving parts there, man. You know, it is. I, I, you know, it. Again, count yourself blessed. You know, you're not a. You say you're not a jealous person. You're, you're one of the few, man. That don't. Oh, I'm not. I mean, you're in the big, in the, in the big scheme of the world. You're certainly among men, especially. Oh yeah. One of the few. Women, I think, are less jealous. I think women are more. From what I've read, I haven't poured a ton of research into it, but I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm a pretty avid reader, and I do read about open relationships, especially with some of the authors that are coming out. Women are, are more likely to be in an open relationship than men are because of men's vicious insecurities and the sense of needing to control out of fear of loss. Um, you know, so you, I, and Leslie's the same way. She doesn't have it. She's like you. Right. She doesn't have that. Yeah, I struggled with it. Yeah. I struggled with it, but I know where it came from. You know, I was adamant enough with myself. Again, going back to what I told you, I, I didn't want to suffer anymore. Right. So whether it's jealousy or unha- whatever, it just didn't matter. If it bothered me, to me it was suffering. I wanted to be 100% peace as much as possible. So if I was being jealous, which I don't think jealousy is an emotion. I think it's an aggregate of thoughts that are that are trigger- triggering your fight or flight, which is causing anxiety. Um, which is based on your own insecurities. Based on your own insecurity, based on your own programming, basically. But yeah, based right. on your own insecurities. Um, so, <laughs> you know, for me, it's a journey. And I'm not 100% perfect still. It still rises, but I know what it is now. Right. I know how, I know what the second, the second it starts. You know what it is. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. And... And I have the tools and the skill sets now to be able to address it. I don't take it out on Leslie. And there's been times that I was like, hey, I just, I need like 15 minutes. So let me, I, I just need to be by myself 15 minutes. Let me deal with this and I'll be right back. And I can deal with my shit, come back, be supportive. Because I've told her, if I can't joyfully support what you're doing, I don't want to do this. Right. Because that means I'm suffering. Right. 
you know, uh, they call it compersion. Compersion in the lifestyle and the open. Compersion means, oh, gotcha. you know, I am legitimately joyful and happy for you, for your relationship with another person. Right. I It brings me happiness. I, I don't have that. I haven't reached the point of compersion. I just don't have much. I don't have feelings about it in general. Right. I don't have any negative feelings anymore. Thank fucking God. <laughs> okay, that's where I was. I was in that pit, man, for so long. Right. But I refused to take it out on Leslie. Right. On our relationship, it was me. So I found my way out to a point to where there's times I'm like, hey, hey, have fun. I, you know, I'm gonna do my shit. You do your shit, and I'm gonna cut grass, and you go have some dinner or whatever. And I'm happy that you're able to go. Do I really have a feeling about it? No. So to me, that's fine. Right. As long as I don't, I'm not going. I'd rather be joyful about it. I'd like to have those. I just, I just don't know if I'll ever have them. Not right. because of some reason. I don't know. But I have no negative feelings about it. Right. Where she will be like, "Oh my God, I'm so excited! You're going. You want me to pick out your outfit for you? Make sure you wear clothes. Where are you going? And you know, make sure you open the door. And you know, and I can't wait till you get home and tell me all about it." You know, she comes home, and I'm like, give me like 20 minutes before you tell me anything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's just where we're at. We both respect each other's differences, but we're also there to be like, uh, we check in on each other. Right. We do that regularly. Right. Um, if something, you know, if, uh, you know, I say, hey, you're in a good place, everything okay, you need to tell me anything. No, I'm good. I just, you know, I'm tired. It's not because of... So we've learned to pick up on each other's idiosyncrasies and, you know, but we're also extremely vulnerable in our com- communication. Right. So if I notice an, a, a, a different type of way she's showing up, like in a micro behavior, I'll be like, are you okay? Is anything, anything we need to talk about? If she tells me she's fine, I've because you know how people, oh, I'm fine. Then 27 hours later, you get punched with a hammer on the back of the head because yeah. they weren't fine. Yeah. So we've had that discussion. Be like, if you tell me you're fine and I walk away... And you're not. You're lying to me. So yeah. either, just be honest. Just yeah. tell me. So we've, you know, it's 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 like walking up a flight of stairs, dude. It is, and this is. It's kind of interesting because we can actually go back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Number one, don't bullshit me. Yeah. And number two, it's okay to be a hundred percent honest. I'm not fine, but I don't want to fucking talk to you right now. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. You know where I'm at. I'm in the other exactly. room, or, or whatever it is. No. That is okay because the but 27 a hour have a later hard time they saying do. that to their they do. So listen, uh, everybody's not a dick like you, bro. So <laughs> I can't. I can't. You know, it boggles my mind how you ever got that reputation. <laughs> anyway, please continue. Fuck you. Please continue sharing your gentle nature. <laughs> Fuck you and your dick scarred ass. Um, here's where I will continue my gentle nature. Stacy has been in a mood lately, and I haven't touched her tits in a week. Well, you got two uh, not for implant sample silicone boobs that you keep playing with. So yes, two of them. Knock yourself out, bro. Yes, they're my headphone holders. Yes, they are. But no, it, it, it's a joke. But I'm also being serious because I know her well enough. Yeah, I know when to not fuck with her, and I don't mean. Obviously, kids, I'm making a joke. I don't mean sexually. I just mean period. Yeah, yeah. Give I'm her not, space. Need her space. You're good, girl. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm, you know where I'm at. And well, I'm at the place. I'll ask for it. So uh, if I'm because I don't get aggravated much, right? So, so when I do, she typically knows. I just need to. Just, so I'll be like, hey, I just need 
you know, let me sleep on it or I'm the same way. Let me do this, and I, I promise you, when I show back up again, um, because my goal, and I've told us, my when I show up with for you, I want to be supportive, I want to be loving, I want to be kind, I'm gonna be your husband, you know, I want to be the man you need me to be in your life. That's how I want to show up as a peaceful, you know, supportive. If I can't show up that way, then let me back up a little bit. Right. Let me deal with my shit because I'm not in that space to show up as that person right now. Right. If I show up right now, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be defensive, and that's not a, a pleasant atom. Um, so, um, you know, I've never and, seen it, but I can imagine it. Because you know, we, I've told you this. I had, you know, I deal with guys sometimes in, in the industry we're in, where I have to get a little bit threatening, and it pisses me off because it takes me out of my, you know, my place of peace, man. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's hard to be a healer when they don't know you came from the thug life, man. <laughs> Well, try not to be the thug. That's it. You know what you're getting for Christmas for me? Uh, Fucking thug. orange robe and wooden beads. Nice. Or a shirt that says thug life. <laughs> so I'm no. in the, I, I have the orange bead. I've already had that internally. I just, you know, back when you're a thug, you want to, or if you think you're a thug, you want to tell her about your thug by wearing shit that says you're a thug, right? Right. So, well, I'm not in that place where I need to display who I am anymore. I'm fine with who I am. So since I'm, I'm in this place of healing, love, and acceptance, now I need to project that I'm pretending to be a thug so give me a thug shirt we'll really fuck people up i'll get you a neon pink tank top that says thug life who's the guy that wears a big clock black guy flavor flavor yeah jesus <laughs> he didn't even know what time it is <laughs> obviously he struggles hey i ain't mad at him man motherfuckers made a lot of money on yeah, that gimmick yeah, so. <laughs> well do you have any more questions about that particular subject i don't know what else to unless you have I do not because I I'm pretty open to so much shit um, and especially especially when it comes to people's personal lives I don't judge anybody yeah you want to go suck a dick you do you cool yeah. you want to go bang a squad of cheerleaders cool yeah. you want to do coke off a of stripper's titties cool don't do it while you're at work or on stage with me but cool yeah. I, I don't care what people do to themselves as long this is my only little rule as long as it's not causing harm to others you want to pull a gun on me we have a fucking issue I mean I I guess that's kind of if you're in a relationship my only advice boys and girls if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're just do no harm to your partner just figure it out don't do anything that's going to cause harm try to be try to build on it communicate 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 be honest that's where a lot of people trip up, man. They just lie and then they hide and they, they don't, you know, what do you think's going to happen? Right. You know, you, the Bible says your sins will find you out. <laughs> you know? All right. Only because it's Adam and I know I can't whip his ass, I will let the Bible's verse slide because no. they know I don't talk about religion, politics, or sports on my show. All I did was mention the Bible. I didn't talk about religion. Oh, we didn't, oh that's right. You don't, do you? No. Oh. Ah, you forgot. No. Well, I'm an ex-pastor, so you have to give me a pass. I give you a pass because I, I know I can't bu- kick your Bible ass. Verse. If, you're, if you're not careful, I'll give you two. Fuck. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Um, no, the only the only other thing I was going to say is um, I think that in reference to the little box of relationships that we were just talking about, I think sometimes it helps to be kind of dickish. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm hearing you. I'm letting everybody else laugh too. Because when Stacy and I met, 
And this is all new shit for my listeners. Why is this one so dusty? This is all new shit for my listeners because I don't ever go down these roads. I always talk about music or dumb shit. Um, it'll be my highest rated episode ever. Oh my God, you're so cute. Um, I think that when you can be 100% honest with your significant other, yeah. whether it's spouse, girlfriend, whatever, boyfriend, dog, I don't really care what you're into. I think you save so much bullshit and heartache in the long run. The problem is, is when you first get together with somebody, that 100% honesty comes off as dickish. Or bitchiness if you're a woman, whatever term you want to use. But you get my point. And the reason I say that is when Stacey and I first got together, and I don't mean this in a machismo, fucking retarded, overbearing, macho way, full of testosterone... But I told her some shit. I'm not doing this. Yeah. This is never going to happen. You can fucking kiss that shit goodbye. Yeah, yeah. But and it wasn't I wasn't laying it out to be a tough guy. It was just I was boundaries. Not not only boundaries, but I knew what I did not want. Yeah. Because I dealt with it. it. Huh? At least you're clear on it. So. Yeah. Because I dealt with it. But here's the problem. It it was never an issue with her, but at first and I'll it's it's almost one of those mental pictures I'll never forget. I would still to this day remember the look on her face. It was like the look of horror going, Who's this motherfucker think he it was one of those kind of yeah. things. It's like I, I didn't mean it to come from that place, but it's better to get it out now yeah. than the shit cause a, a big fucking fight down the road. That's why I say I said it in a joking way, but I, I honestly mean it. I think sometimes putting that shit out there immediately Setting the boundaries or the word vomit or the do's and don'ts, whatever, however you want to word it, I think saves can save everybody a, a litany of bullshit down the road in their relationship. I totally agree. I, I you know, I think that if you can get to the place when you're on a first or second date, you can kinda of lay it out there and tell them exactly who you are. You know, more power to you. You probably won't get as many dates. No, you but won't. That's okay, but you'll save yourself a lot of drama and bullshit. And trust me, I I was not that guy. I I tried to put the show on like everybody else did, and I definitely paid for it. But looking with hindsight and what I know about life now, um, the more you honest, especially you're talking about a partnership, whether it's a friendship, a business, or um, intimate, you know, right. The more honest you can be like, this is who I am, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, at least they know. And they can decide right there where there's nothing invested at the moment. Right. Like, you're a dickhead, I'm out of here. Well, at least there's no feelings involved instead of like six years down the road. When, right. You know? It's a true story, and I don't, I'm pretty positive I've never told it on the, told it on the show. I'm going to tell you this story, and then we're going to go eat. What do you think? You in? Works for me. All right. So, the in between of my. Divorce and meeting Stacy. There's a lot of shit that happened. But there was a few actual dates. They weren't all just hoes I banged from the stage. A lot of them were. Um, jokes aside, there was a few dates. And I went out with this girl a couple times. And I want to say the third date, I had just gotten one of my pieces on my left arm done literally before dinner. All right. I planned out my day and... So I show up at the restaurant. I look nice. Most of you know I dress pretty pretty decently. I look nice, but I got my sleeve a little bit rolled up, and I've got the goop on there, and my arm's all fucking shiny. And we're eating, shooting the shit. I don't remember what we're talking about, but this is the point. About halfway through the dinner, she looks at me, and she says, 
I I don't um I don't think you should get any more tattoos. Do what? <laughs> like I lost right, just right, composure. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. excuse me, it wasn't come again, it was do what? She said, Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you should I think you have enough. It's a true story. I said, Cool. I finished my food because I was hungry. I just got tattooed. Most of you that get tattoos, you know, after you get one, you have to eat because you're fucking hungry. So I finished my food. I stood up. It was either $50 or $100 bill. I don't remember. I threw it on the table and I said, have a nice life. And I walked out. Yeah. Again, it's not the macho bullshit. It's not the machismo. It's nothing. It was very freeing because I realized in that moment, I just saved myself a fucking truck ton of drama and bullshit absolutely i think more people should be like that a dick yes be a dick (laughs) (laughs) it's the moral of this podcast today guys be a dick be a dick like steven no don't be like me that that communication say people just be honest and vulnerable be honest listen i i actually respect her for not wanting it you gave her a choice i gave her a choice right up front hey Cool. And here she is today. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, you're talking about Stacy. I was talking about the chick at the restaurant. Oh, different girl. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were losing her. So, good. Yeah. yeah. Well. No, no, no. I, I, I respect the fact that she was um, bold enough to tell me that on a third date. Yeah. And However. It could have happened. Had you not been honest, maybe I went on a few more dates, missed meeting Stacy, or got in a situation yep. where... You met Stacy, but you wanted to have an affair. Yep. All because of a, all because you couldn't tell someone no. Yep. And think about how many times people do that constantly. Oh. And change the whole arc of their life. Oh, somebody that can't say no. I know. I know, like two thousand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, man. And being a, you know, I don't, I don't think you're a dick. I know we're teasing about it. I, I know. I think you know what you want, and you and you don't have a problem telling people, and that's okay, man. Good no, I know. I'm sure it saved you a lot of heartache in life. It has. It now. It took me a long time to get there, and it took me a lot of heartache and bullshit yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I will leave you with a parting piece of wisdom that yes, my dad please. told me like years this. and years ago. All right. He said, "It's not important in life to figure out what you want to do." It's important to figure out what you don't want to do. I can live with that. I can live with that. Yeah. Adam, I appreciate thank it, brother. Steven, thank you for having me on your podcast, brother. Thanks I love for you, being my man. Here. I love you too. All right. I haven't done this in a long time. High five in a microphone. All right. Well, the tick kids. That's the show for the week or the month, whenever I post another show. I've got some shit I'm working on. Told you I'll explain it soon and I will. I hope you dug it. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, hopefully, you, you might have even picked up some knowledge that you weren't expecting to pick up, and maybe you learned something from it. I don't know. Who knows these things? That is up to you to decide. I will leave it at that. Um, but I do hope you enjoyed it. I hope you at least found it interesting. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this, and I'm sure you've figured it out from listening, Adam is a good dude. Uh, it's got some interesting philosophies. My friend has been through some shit. So I think a lot of that shit going through or a lot of what has happened to him, however you want to word it, I like shit going through because that doesn't make any fucking grammatical sense and it makes me happy. 
I think with all that stuff, it has put him in a place where he is now. Uh, I think he is better for it. He will tell you he is better for it. And it made me think about a lot of different things, and it made me think about a lot of things different. So there you go. That's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to keep this close very short because, like I said, I have a lot of shit going on that I will divulge soon. I literally promise soon I will tell you all things that I'm doing. But until then, as I say at the end of every fucking episode, (gasps) go do some shit. You heard me. Go do some shit. Go think about some stuff. Go take a look at yourself. Go think about the stuff that Adam said that may have made you look at life a little different. Maybe it triggered you. And trigger could be a good or a bad thing, but we did talk about that. But go think about all that stuff. Go take a look in the mirror. Go look at your relationships. Go look at everything. Go look at your relationship with your gun, to your guitar, and your bass. Go practice music. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.